Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Brew Thoughts. This is episode eight. Here we are along with Ed, German, and David, and myself, Albert. We're excited to be here. And today's drink of the day is David. Roll with it. Today's drink is a espresso compana. What is that? That's a... It's a espresso drink. It just consists of two ingredients. It's espresso and whipped cream. Okay. Um, so... No water? It's like a fun drink. Well, I mean, yeah. Water, of course. It's like a fun <laughs> sweet drink? Is that what that is? Uh, yeah, it just depends on the espresso you use. I mean, for those people who like that Insta coffee stuff, just uh-huh. throw that out of the, to the garbage and just get yourself this simple drink. It's, Do you think German will approve? He likes black coffee, dude. Uh, I'm sure he will. Yeah. I mean, okay. he, he doesn't like that. I might need two shots. <laughs> well, that's the that's the beauty of it. You can actually use single shot or double shot. Okay. Cool. So it's essentially how, what coffee, what espresso you like and stuff. Yeah. Right. And you guys can check out our Instagram on that. And uh, David's going to do a whole thing on how to make He's it. He's making his debut. Yes. First timers. Yeah. yeah. So uh, let's start off with the, the best thing we've seen this week. Best thing I saw this week is my wife and I on Friday night we actually uh, got together and made lasagna. It was amazing. That invite though, first time both of us making it. Thanks. You know we put a bunch (laughs) of uh, marinara sauce in there and some uh, some ground beef and went wild on that cheese. So that was that was amazing. So that's probably my my favorite Italian dish besides pizza. So you can't go wrong with you know lasagna. Yeah. Sweet. Um, so the best thing I saw was uh, Miami Heat. Shout out to to Mr. Butler. Uh, I just love to see a team come together and play that hard. Uh, every minute of the game, I, I thought, well, in my opinion, I think that's the most entertaining brand of basketball, when people play hard. And paired with talent, I, I think that was the best thing I, I saw this this, this whole week. Hmm. Yeah, they've been very impressive. Albert, you called it. I know. That was good. Hey, you know, um, we'll talk about more about that later. I have yeah. some thoughts on that. Yeah, I, I, I had it going completely the other way, so <laughs> so you can tell I'm not too proud. You know, <laughs> I was wrong, and I acknowledge it. Yeah, that was, that was good. Um, but yeah, we'll hit it later. Um, the best thing I saw this week. So I ordered pizza on Wednesday after church, <laughs> <laughs> and oh. if you haven't seen it, um, you actually find it on my Instagram at Drum Four if you want to see it. But so we ordered pizza. It's after church. We're hungry, um, and we get pizza. So the pizza place like five minutes away from my house. The guy takes like almost an hour. And we get it. It's not that. It's not that hot. Whatever. Uh-huh. And I open the box, and the pizza's all like mushed up on one side. It sounds like a mountain, dude. I yeah. saw that. It's like Mount Everest right there. Yeah. Bro. And so I opened the <laughs> like, other box. Ever heard of Pangea? Just like. And the same. The same. The other box. The same. And we, I, I just started laughing immediately. The, the the delivery guy was outside, so we told him. We called it in, and we got a new one. Uh, two new pizzas. The pizza was amazing. You shout keep out. One? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. You doubled up. Yeah. So doubled shout up. out to uh, Avila's Pizza in, uh, in Cerritos or, yeah, I think it's Cerritos. It was really good pizza, but it was the best thing I saw this week. It made me laugh. I couldn't stop laughing. And you got free pizza. And I got free pizza. So 
there was people who were like, wow, I would have been upset. And it's like, you know what? We got pizza back. It's it's all right. It's what do you think he did with it, man? <laughs> Dude, I think he dropped it. Look, I, I used to... I used to work for Domino's, okay. and there's there was times where you would drive a little crazy because maybe you're running late or whatever, and there was times where you would you know make a turn and the pizza would like you know move violently. That never happened to me. Uh-huh. I think he dropped it. Gotcha. Okay. And he just kind of flipped <laughs> it and kind of hoped that he would deliver it and he would leave and nobody would say anything. Yeah. And. It just looked too crazy. It looked too bad. It was too bad. It was too. It was, if it had it been like a little, when I opened it, I thought it was a joke. I was like, "Is this serious? Is this for real?" That was the best thing I saw this week. It was hilarious. And so, yeah, Dave. Well, it's probably not the best thing I saw this week, but it's more of a um something I read this week. They they uh they had to uh, postpone. The production for Batman. Oh um, yeah, I heard about that. The, the, the actor, the main character got um, COVID. So, so Batman got COVID. Yeah. Yikes. Even he can get COVID. You know. Um, he wasn't wearing his mask. <laughs> 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 well, there it is. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's uh yeah that that's what I read this week. So um, but yeah, like. But something that did, like, something good this week was uh, my wife and I celebrated our two years of being together. There you go. Congratulations, man. So, Congrats. So, yeah. Aww. Would you guys do anything special? Uh, unfortunately, because of the pandemic going around, we can't really do much. But mm-hmm. I did buy her a, a nice bouquet of flowers, and there there's still some stuff coming in on the way mm-hmm. for her. Nice. But there you go. Leave it to David to to for two straight weeks. He, he's given us something, something not so good. The worst <laughs> thing he saw this week. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I have to do that. Man. Yeah, I, I have to keep up this, with the, the segment of the yeah. worst thing we saw this week. <laughs> <laughs> or or most switch, memorable, I guess. I know, we we switch it, and then I come up with like something good I saw this week. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so MLB. So as we're doing our. Our stops in the different stops. So MLB uh, baseball. So the Yankees are kind of faltering. Garrett Cole, who started off hot, he got he got rocked by the the Orioles yesterday. That was uh, I enjoyed watching that. That was good to see. <laughs> and uh, the Dodgers are just humming. They won thirty games. Uh, we we posted on our Instagram. Mookie, heading into Thursday, I think, had 13 home runs. The Sox had 13 wins. Yeah. So Mookie's been amazing, and he's just he he's been such a difference maker for that Dodgers team. Uh, Tatis Jr. still hitting the ball hard. Uh, the Rays are ridiculous, and uh, Mike Trout hit his third 300th home run this week. Yeah, they got a five-winning yeah. win streak now. The Angels do, man. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Uh, well, they're not in last place anymore. So <laughs> shout out to them. Let's see what happens. And so, that's where we're at. the The Yankees are faltering so much that the Jays have passed them at yeah. second place. And so it's going to be very interesting. The White Sox. I, I. I'm. So the White Sox was the team that I stuck by, and I said they're young, but they're going to do it. And they proved me right. Unlike the Angels, I'm not. I'm, not, I'm never going to forgive them for that. 
And uh, the Braves, <laughs> the young Braves, are doing their thing. They've been hot. Uh, Juan Soto from the from the Nationals, he's been hot. Too bad his team hasn't hasn't been producing all that well. And uh, yeah, so that's our MLB. Anything else from you guys? MLB related as we head into September. Um, I love this time of the year. Uh, October is going to be a lot of fun, and we'll see who who takes it. Well, the the Cubs also in the NL Central. Yeah, they're they're leading. Uh, I think a lot of people had the the Brewers maybe, maybe a little higher than that. But yeah, I mean the the Cubs are are interesting in that manner. Yeah, and uh, MLB trade day deadline came and went this week, and we had the Padres out of our teams beat aggressive buyers so their team got even better it's gonna be a lot of fun seeing them in the playoffs this year uh, as they keep going and the giants can't figure out whether they want to be rebuilt or whether they want to make the playoffs Mm. Uh, that was the team that i was looking at during the trade deadline because i want to see if they were going to make a move to try to make it to the playoffs but they didn't they sat pat and and we'll see we'll see what they do we'll see what happens with them uh, but baseball is continuing to heat up, and we'll continue to keep an eye on it and uh, get cl- get a more closer look at it as as uh, September finishes and October rolls on. Uh, with that, let's jump to the NBA. Yeah, NBA. The playoffs are happening now. Uh, we had a few good uh, games uh, this weekend. Um, let's start off with Bucks and Heat, man. Um, we th- all thought it was going to be a sweep, and the Bucks uh, managed to pull through. Uh, Middleton uh, was that player that everybody wishes he was, right? And he played aggressively. You could tell he wanted it bad, and you know it's not going to be a sweep at least at least for now. I mean, might be a gentleman sweep. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, he will probably take it on the next game. Chris Middleton, is yeah. he Lamar Odom? Yes. Um, He's great one day, one game, and you're like, wow, dude, if you're this guy. Well, I, th- I think and then it, Lamar Odom would like disappear for like seven days. That, that was Lamar Odom. <laughs> yeah, but, but it also has to do with the fact that Giannis came out of the game. I think that, that messes with But this is with him, the, though. Right. Middleton does this. Yeah, but I think... Like like some players that require the ball to function in a more, uh, I guess, efficient efficient manner. Yeah. I think he's one of those guys that needs the ball to to be more efficient, and mm. that's not going to happen in Milwaukee. Or may, maybe what th- what they can do. What 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 I was thinking about is maybe like Lamar. Maybe they can bring him up as a six man. Yeah. And try to play with that because he he's good he's good when when uh, Giannis isn't clogging the paint. I just think if James Harden and Russell Westbrook can figure it out, Giannis doesn't have the ball as much as Harden has the ball. Yeah, but but Harden doesn't drive as much as Giannis does. I think that that's where it's like like Russell yeah. Westbrook. That that's I think that's where it works because Russell Russell goes to the paint. Yeah, James Harden does. But not as much as Russell. Yeah. So I think there's su- still some type of balance. So that's the way I look at it. Yeah, I, Middleton's so frustrating. Yeah, I Giannis has been, and Coach Bud needs to lose his job. Did you guys hear what he said? 
They asked him because he's only been playing Giannis and Middleton 35, 36 minutes a game. Mm. And he said, uh, playing them more than that, it would be pushing the ceiling. It's the playoffs. It's the playoffs. Is he ridiculous? Like, he needs to go. He you have to push the ceiling. I mean, it is what it do or die. And I, I think they, I think they also asked Giannis uh, the previous game. Yeah. And he says he says I I just do what my what my coach tells me to right. do. Right, which is his answer is safe, and he doesn't want to you know piss anybody off. Which I I get him answering that way, but I mean, <laughs> yeah, but he has to push back a little bit. Say hey, coach, like a lot of bit. How about a lot of bit? Well, you're yeah, gonna but, be the two time MVP, and you're like, well, he tells me I can yeah. only play thirty six minutes. You think you think Frank Vogel is gonna is gonna keep LeBron at thirty six yeah. minutes? LeBron's not gonna. He's no. gonna play no matter what. He's gonna go out. James there, Harden. He can scream and, and he's not. Yeah, gonna. I, that's weird. I, <laughs> I unless you're a rookie, you're you're not gonna let that happen. To or you. or you're injury prone, which he's is not. he's not. I just think it's ridiculous. So he went out today. We'll see if he plays on Tuesday. But I think that series is a wrap. I yeah. think Jimmy Butler and them and those guys are having all. Figured out. They took I their think, soul, man. Yeah, I think today, uh, I was telling Albert before the the pod that I think today the the Heat kind of let their foot off the gas because they thought, well, Giannis is not there, but we got it. Sportsra, he said that at the end of, at the end during the press yeah. conference, he's like, you know, all credit to Milwaukee, they played hard, they played harder than us. So I mean, I'm I'm sure he's also messing with the media. Hopefully, right. his, his team hears that. Yeah. And yeah, I mean. Yeah, they, they let, the they let him off the hook. Guys. Um, but I, I, I think that the Bucks never wanted this. I don't think they're that they're hungry to Ooh. win this. And what I'm going to say is going to sound controversial, but Ooh. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Bring I said it. it from the beginning. Bring uh-huh. it. And, you know, I'll respect to what Milwaukee did with, with, with the boycott. I'll respect. I respect their decision. Right. In, in that but in that plan. But I feel like a team that wants to win mm. dies yeah. to win. And the fact that they skipped that game. I know it's controversial because, you know, there's people in real life dying. Yeah. But they could have figured out a different way to, to protest or do something different. Right. Or whatever, right? But the fact that they skip out on a game, I know it was game four or game five, and the game, the series was over regardless of the magic. The fact that they didn't play that game tells me that they don't want it that bad. Because mm. I am sure if it's Kobe going in there, if it's, you know, someone like Mad, uh, Michael Jordan with that mentality, they're going to win that game and we're going to wrap it up. We're gonna take care of business. Yeah. We're not gonna leave business in limbo. So that that is, uh, I know it's a strong take, but I'm just gonna say it. You know, um, that, that's, those are my thoughts. Yeah, the Bucks have just been so disappointing throughout these playoffs, and for the Heat to do this to them, and we were all high on the Heat. You're the only Albert was the only one who picked the Heat, but uh, Ed and I picked. The, the the Bucks, but we thought it would go six, seven games. So we, we knew Miami was tough. And it's just in these games over and over, when the game would get close, Milwaukee would just fold. They would melt. And, and this is not a championship-caliber team. I wouldn't be surprised if, if Giannis leaves next summer uh-huh. because he still has one more year. And uh, it's no secret that Steph Curry has been – Fishing, oh, picking up the phone, and and just <laughs> so that would be a very interesting Giannis and 
in Golden State with the Splash Brothers and possibly Draymond Green. They, they have all, all the assets right there. They have the what number two pick, two pick, and then yeah, yeah they they have all, all everything there to make that trade happen. Yeah, yeah. Watch, watching the game Friday, I was, I was when it was coming to an end. I I told my dad that they should probably have uh, boycotted this game. Maybe that would have turned their series around. <laughs> it was, yeah, that was such a hard it, game to watch. And it was. But Miami, let's 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 give Miami credit. Yeah. Miami has been great. Harrow has been amazing. Yeah, he's a rookie. Uh, yeah, and Duncan Robinson has been yeah. great too, and they just been hitting them in the mouth over and the over way they again. Move the ball. Yeah, Bam Adebayo has been great. Uh, Dragic, he's just been taking it to them. It's just been such a a, a well tough team. Uh, it, it reminds me almost of, of the, like a 90s team that's just super physical. They're not afraid of you. Jimmy Butler, who's a – he's not a super-duper star, but he's a star. He doesn't have all the natural talent, but he works harder than anybody. And he's just – his energy, his confidence is just rubbing off on everybody. And Spolstra, man, that guy, what an amazing job by Spolstra. What do you guys think of the Heat? Yeah, I think they, they play tough and they, they show aggression. They, as I share, they move the ball around very well. Um, mm-hmm. You see someone like Butler uh, passing the ball around, you know, trusting his teammates. And in the past, he's you know he's had issues with teammates, and he's you know he he's somewhat changed his ways. And, and that's the reason why I picked the Heat to beat the Bucks because I right. they show that they want it more. Yeah. Yeah, I I think, I mean, like like I said in, in the in the beginning, I, I think when you have a, an okay team that plays really really hard, and and not only do they play hard because sometimes th- there's some teams that play hard, but they, they get out of it mentally. Because uh, let's say like for example like a like a James Harden led team, when he makes a three and then he makes another three and it it deflates you, it takes a lot out of you. Mm. So. So I feel like Miami, not only do they play hard, but they're mentally tough. And like you said, I think Jimmy Butler is a big part of that. Yeah. So that so that if they if they had a bad bad uh, bad uh, defensive uh, defensive run the, pre- the previous play, he says, you know what, guys, it's fine, and you can feel it. You feel confident, and you just try to get the the next one. Yeah, and you play hard throughout the whole game, and if you play that way, you're gonna win games. And we're seeing it. So, as far as Raptors Celtics, that uh, series is now even. Mm-hmm. You know, that actually was surprising to me. Um, I, I did not expect that to happen. I, I thought the Celtics were going to do a sweep here for a minute. The Celtics blinked, and one of the things that it's such a cliche, but I think it's true. It's a really Tom Janovich said, and it's you know it's hard to be you know the heart of a champion, and that's a real thing, and it's a real thing in sports, but I think it's a real thing in boxing for sure, and it's a real thing in basketball. That when you because in football and and, and baseball is is true, but it, there's more to it, but in basketball and in and in boxing. When you have a team on the ropes, you have them, and they're a champion, you can't blink. And if you blink, 
they can turn the whole tide around. Watching game th- four, yeah, watching no game th- three, game three of the of the Celtics Celtics Raptors, and and Kemba drives in. He does that nice pass. There's a dunk by Tice, and they're up five tenths of a second. And you're just like, man, the Celtics are gonna go up three zero. This is it. And then the the wonderful pass, the, the just a great pass by Larry. OG hits the three, and it was just ridiculous. And they blinked. After that game, Van Vliet goes up to to their to their GM, and he's like, "They messed up. We got them. They messed up." In game two, you saw, and it was a different team. The Celtics have blinked, and they've let the Raptors back into the series. This is going to go seven. I still think the Celtics are going to win because I think Jason Tatum, this is one of those best player in the series, and Jason Tatum is just the best player on the court. But they let him back in, and you don't let, again, a a champion in in basketball, and you don't let... You don't let a boxer, a champion box, a championship boxer, if you don't, you don't blink. You, if you have them, you have them. You finish them there, because if you don't, you pay the price. A la uh, Manny Pacquiao. He had Marquez. He could have put him away. He didn't put him away, and Marquez put him away, and that was it. And so it, it's that that that's that became one of those. All right, another sweep to oh, which is good. I mean, it's go. interesting now. Yeah. And you know Boston played hard. I, I you know, uh, they actually are rebounded the Raptors. Mm-hmm. They had more steals, more blocks, and they had more free throws than than the Raptors. But what happened was so Boston played hard. They played a very good game. But what happened is they didn't have the three point shot. They their three point shot was only at twenty percent, while the Raptors were scoring threes all over the place. Mm-hmm. They were at thirty eight point six percent. No, in, in three point shots. So. You know, I think what, what happened is the confidence is there. Um, you said it yourself, the, the Van Vliet. Um, all those guys, Van Vliet, Laurie, and Ibaka, all shot well from the three. So that tells me right there that their confidence is there. The fact that, I mean, Boston almost played better in every uh, category except for that sh- three-point shot. So it came down to that. So, you know, it's, it's interesting to, to see what's going to happen in the next game. And I, I agree with you. I think we'll see game seven. And I, I still think Celtics will win. They'll yeah. figure it out. Yeah. I, I think in regards to this game, uh, there was a lot of settling. I think uh, if your three isn't dropping, then... Drive. Yeah. And not only that, but Jason Tatum, has he has a good mid-range game. Yeah. You got to use your, your mid-range game. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like they didn't adjust. I, f- I feel like that was the biggest issue. And the previous game, that was a com- that was a that was terrible. That was a defensive breakdown. Like, Just fell asleep. It, it was terrible. Like your only job is to try to not make them score a, th- a three pointer. Five and, tenths of a second. And and Jalen <laughs> Jalen Brown, Brown gives them so much space. It was probably like eight feet. I'm not probably more. Yeah, yeah. And then when he closes out, well, obviously, I th- I think I I probably would have had a shot too. Yeah. So I, I think that was just a defensive breakdown, and you can't have that when it's .5 seconds to go when you're leading. Against the champs. And, and the best thing you could have done is guard the three-point line. Yeah. That's, that's not even, just guard the three-point yeah. line. And they couldn't do that. Yeah. It, it was 
Yeah. If the Raptors win, I won't be surprised. Really? Yeah. yeah. Because it's just, you have to put the champions away. You have to. And I, I'm a big believer in that. You have to put, the, you can't leave, you can't give champions extra life. It's what we saw over and over with Houston versus Golden State. Houston couldn't put the champions yeah, away. They, the they, they pushed them to the brink. They pushed them to the brink. But they couldn't eliminate them. And you have to be able to eliminate them to be able to, to do the, the, to advance. And until they learn that, and I think it's a thing you learn, LeBron for a long time didn't know how to do that. And it's part of learning and knowing how to win. And, and, and so that's going to be... That's going to be a fun series, hitting it hit the rest of the way. Who was, who was surprised with the Nuggets? They beat the Clippers. I didn't think the Nuggets had yesterday's game in them. That was wild, I, I right? Did I mean, they came out strong, man. They just came, Nuggets came out firing away. They yeah. triple team, double team Kawhi. They held him to 13 <clears throat> points per game. Donut in the fourth quarter. Like, he looked frustrated out yeah. there. He looked... He looks small. Like I've yeah. never seen that. Like he didn't look like like the guy that we typically see. And Jokic just gave it to them. Jokic was amazing, unbelievable, doing all things, everything. Yeah, yeah he was. So His good. outlet passes were beautiful. Eighteen rebounds, and seventeen of those were defensive. Yeah, like that tells you, you just know. one possession and out. Yeah, and and t- talk about a team who actually adjusted mm-hmm. be- because. The, the Nuggets when when Harold is guarding when Harold's guarding Jokic that's too easy. Yeah. I'm sorry, like he's a too talented, b too big. Yeah. Like, even if you if you bring the double team, by that time he reacts and he th- he kicks it out to someone because mm-hmm. he's that smart of a yeah. player. So, I think they're they're gonna have to. They're probably gonna have to try to put put Zubac on him. Uh, a lot more. He's gonna have to play a lot more. Yeah, they, he's gonna have to guard him way more. He, they need that big body in there. Yeah. Part George did play well. Um, Pandemic Pete. Yeah, they were going to him. You know, he, he had twenty two points, eight rebounds, and they they were pushing the ball towards him because he he seemed like he was doing well. He you know, he didn't get lost like we saw. We saw. So I think he's gonna be okay moving forward in in the playoffs. But uh, again, I think the the key difference here was Kawhi, and and there was no answer. You know for. Uh, Jokish, you know? yeah. yeah, yeah. Game game one was just ugly. And I I don't think there there there's going to be much of an answer for him if 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 he's aggressive the whole time. But also keep in mind that that uh, Kawhi is not going to have that same game again. I don't think so. And Paul George isn't going to Paul George is going to disappear for a little bit too. You think so? I, I don't think so. I, I think, think so. I think he put that behind him. I think as long as he as he as he <laughs> sticks to rebounding rebounding and de- <laughs> and defending, I think they can they can beat. This team. Yeah, yeah, the Clippers should advance. The yeah. Clippers should move on. They they should you know they 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 should they're probably going to be in the Western Conference yeah. Finals. Which takes us on to the Lakers and Rockets. Yeah, that was a rough game one. That I was so that. angry. Yeah, I tweeted uh, Anthony Davis. His goal for tonight was to win my night, and he he did that. He wasn't aggressive. He he settled for shots. You know, he didn't go into the paint. It seemed like it was game one against the, you know, oh, the Blazers all over again. I just, I didn't understand LeBron and AD. They would get the ball and they would just like stare at the defense. And I just kept yelling at my TV, go, run, attack. Yeah, I was super stagnant. Like I told you, they yeah. looked like OKC in, yeah. in the, in the previous just, one. It was so annoying. It Boston's was so terrible. just, 
can you attack? And I hate it. I, I just, I wanted to watch the game on mute, but I was watching it with people, so I couldn't. Mm-hmm. But it was just like the, 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 the credit that PJ Tucker was getting. <laughs> and I was like, can we pump the brakes here? Can we pump the brakes on PJ Tucker? And, and, and the announcers were like, oh, I, he should be second all NBA. No, he should be second all NBA if AD is going to play like this for seven games. And yeah. But AD didn't attack him. AD didn't go at him. AD didn't use his speed, didn't use his size. He did it once, I think, and he got a layup. And I just, it's one of those, this is a team where you get the ball and you go, make a decision, pass, drive, shoot, do something. Yeah, the Lakers were kind of like, you know, like trying to feel it out. They weren't really like just doing it. They weren't going for it. And I mean, besides the third best player that night was Caruso. I mean, he he ended up with 14 points. And a lot of those, I think four of those points were in the fourth quarter when the game was already done. When What was Kuzma? He only had Can someone points. explain to me where was Kuzma? Only eight points. I, he, he sucked. <laughs> I, Kuzma always gets me upset because he's a reminder that we, we could have kept, uh, Brandon Ingram, but we picked Kuzma yeah. over Brandon Ingram. One, one, one good thing I did see about the Lakers one, okay. is, is uh, Rondo's return. I thought, really? I I thought saw, you didn't like it. I, I saw the ball movement, uh, the spacing. Like I know there was only. Sm- Hopefully was, he has be- he has better shoes for tonight, right? <laughs> he kept sleeping. I don't know if it, if that spot was wet. But I was like, my guy, sleeping. how is it that? <laughs> like, what are you doing, bro? Like, get up. Yeah, yeah I just. I don't know. Maybe it was an addition of a Rondo that threw the whole thing off. It could have been that. Who knows? No, I, I mean, no, look, no, no, look. No, no, no. I think Anthony Davis had to watch that Nuggets Clippers game and say, "Hey, wait, I, I kind of <laughs> like Jokic. Wait, only that I'm a little better." And guess what? They can't guard me. Let's go. <laughs> but he didn't do that. And, and LeBron also was settling for for jump shots. It's like, okay, like. I, I saw one. I think sometimes you get into like this 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 mental mental thing with other teams. Like if one guy scores a three, he's like, "Hey, I can do that too." I, I yeah. feel like, but like almost no, no, like no. he's playing horse. Yeah, yeah. It's like stop. You can do you can do something more efficient when you drive. Yes. Good things happen. Yes. So th- don't don't try to do what they're doing. I think he got too excited because he he embarrassed Westbrook twice, and he dunked on him and he yeah. blocked him twice. He blo- he three times I guess. So. Okay, but can, do you realize that there is nobody on that team that can guard you? So even if you drive and they don't, and if you don't pass it and you get fouled, you are at the free throw line all day. You're putting them in foul trouble. James Harden, who was spectacular, he was I can't stand the guy, but he was spectacular. He, he, the guy never commits a, a foul, which is ridiculous. He he. We took like four charges, all called um, blocking fouls, and which was ridiculous. But that game was on AD and LeBron, and it's and as much as I want to trash Kuzma, Rondo was whatever, Caruso was whatever. Th- this series and and the rest of the way, AD and LeBron. That's it. I agree. They, they need to set the tempo. I mean, they did it last series. It can be done. They just, they just can't. Well, it, it should be done. And then the one thing that I was really frustrated about, uh, 
when AD would catch the ball every time at, at the elbow, but he would catch it so far up. Yeah. Like th- this guy is way smaller than you. How about you get a little lower and yes. use your body? Yes. Get deep in there. And w- once, once you're in the paint, they can't, they can only hope to guard you. Mm-hmm. They can't, they can't guard you. Yeah. So wor- work on the, I, th- I think, I think sometimes they rely too much on the talent and they don't think about, Hey, maybe if I get better position, then maybe I'll make an easier move. Right. But it, yeah. Yeah. And the spacing was bad too. Oh yeah. Because there was plays where they would give it to AD and he was on James, he was working against James Harden and you, and he was like, you know, at the, the corner of the key, but the three point lines right there. And it was like Rondo, Rondo, can you run to the other side? Because Eric Gordon would just be there and they would pick his pocket. So the spacing was all off. Frank, that was Frank Vogel's worst coaching game. Yeah, I, mean, I also think year. the Lakers didn't have an answer for Harden, Westbrook, or Gordon. They need to stop but you're one not, of them. You're, okay, they but you're not going to have an answer for that. So if yeah, if if we're looking to see who's going to stop, we're not. That we're that, but that's we're not going to beat them because we stopped James Harden. Yeah. We're going to beat them because LeBron and Anthony Davis are the best two players on that court. And together, way, they're way too yes. much. So I, I, a little bit about Rondo. I, I think, yes, I did see some good things because he can handle the ball and he can pass the ball. But but sometimes when, when you're talking about spacing, people don't, don't respect his shot. And he doesn't even res- respect his own shot. He's not confident about him, him shooting. So so sometimes he'll, he'll, ju- he'll just stay as a shooter. <laughs> he would stay waiting for Which is that, that was air quotes, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> so so uh, he stays as a shooter, and then people are like, "Are you kidding me? I'm not gonna. I'm gonna stay over here." So he needs to. He needs to move more because yeah. he, he he's more of a driving guard. And when he does get that open look, let it go, dude. How long have you been in the league? Exactly. You got to be confident. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. It's just. It was just so. I think. I think they'll be better today. But LeBron and AD, this is a LeBron and AD series. That's it. I think that if the Lakers do figure it out, I, I'm, so, I'm going to go with five. I'm going to stick with five. So, I hope you're right. Yeah. I think, I think we're going to go six. And Danny Green. What the heck? We paid Danny Green to make threes. <laughs> oh, I can't uh, watch Danny Green play basketball. Yeah, he even walks weird, man. <laughs> when you're upset at someone, you even get upset at the way they walk. Like, <laughs> why does he yes. look more bow-legged now? Th- what do you? Why do you run that way? Like, I, I don't mean to, maybe it's it's a medical condition, but he's looking like he just got off a horse, man. Like, stop horse riding and practice your shot, guy. <laughs> Come on. Yes. Yeah, I, I think it's frustration. He's, he's. I thought KCP was the most frustrating guy. But Danny Green, his lack of shooting, lack of defense. We brought him to play defense and shoot threes. The guy can't do, can't do either of those. And that's just super frustrating to, to see that play out over and over again. But we'll see today. Game one is, as we speak, it's, it's about to tip off. So we'll see how it goes. I think the Lakers rebound today. I think they win. Uh, I think they, they, they put a better showing today. I can't see them going down 2-0, and if they do, we it's over. We have bigger problems than than th- this team is. Yeah, 
we're looking at a Milwaukee Bucks situation yep. when that happens. And also, before that, I, I didn't really sense any urgency. Yeah. I, th- I thought that was – that's almost disrespectful to the game. Like, I, I saw right. LeBron just check himself out. It's like, yeah. like hey, well, I don't care. Like, just because there's no fans there and you don't have people saying, yeah, go Lakers, like – don't you aren't you competitive like it's the playoffs guy like but i think it's it. it's what we, when we did the the, the leadership pod because he's such a passive aggressive guy and he is such a he's you know he he's the flashy guy he's the guy who's liking the hoops the highlight you know the the house of highlights videos when they put something of him he's liking espn's uh highlights of him he is a mo- he's not a self-motivator no. like Kobe was. He's not a, he's not motivated by strictly competition like MJ was. And he's not motivated by his team like Magic was. He is a guy who's motivated by others. And so if everybody loves him, he's playing amazing. And we saw when he first went to Miami, when he that team was the villain, he couldn't figure it out. He didn't know how to respond with people hating him. And now we see a situation where there are no fans. And I think it's you, you you're a professional athlete. If anything, this is the best situation because you don't have to deal with fans. Mm-hmm. But his... I don't even know what to say ability, but with the fact that he checks out so many times, because it's not just like this game, but even throughout the Portland series, which is what you hit on, um, Ed, throughout the, the Portland series, w- the stuff that would worry you that he would cut, ca- they would, the Lakers would check in and out, in and out. And a lot of it is LeBron, because when he's engaged, the whole team's engaged. But if he checks out, Anthony Davis checks out. And he's that is so frustrating to see over and over because and, and a lot of it probably has to do with the fact that the guys that we like are dudes that are in, they're checked in. Even guys like Luca, the dude is checked in all the time. Oh, Porzingis isn't playing? All right, cool. We're still going. Right. And it's just this that that what he does over and over again is the most frustrating thing. Yeah. He's an amazing player. But that's the stuff that, along with other things, but that's one of those things that when people are like, oh, he's the GOAT. And I just think, no, he's not. Because the GOAT wouldn't do this. The GOAT wouldn't let you think you you have life. The GOAT wouldn't let you feel like you're even in the same stratosphere as him. But nobody in the league looks at LeBron and says, oh, man, LeBron, don't say anything to him. Vaith is like, dude, go at him. doesn't matter. And I think that's... You saw it with the Warriors. I mean, the Warriors didn't respect him. Yeah. You know, Draymond Green, you know, would, uh, was like, hey, where, where's um, J.R. Smith? Oh, he's probably out there looking for LeBron. You right. know, like just messing with him. Right. Just taking him as a joke. Yeah. So not that they don't respect him, but they don't see him as a threat from there, what you're saying. There's yeah. just no dog in LeBron yeah. or, or in the Lakers. And th- that was the biggest issue that, that I had. Like when you have a team that, that has no dog in them and they don't have a coach, because sometimes mm-hmm. a coach can fulfill that role. And I don't, I don't think Frank Vogel is that either. Anthony right. Davis is not that either. N- none of the guys that I see there even are capable of being that. So that's, that's where my frustration was. Yeah. But ability-wise, they should be beating every team easily. Yeah, easily. Easily. Yeah. 
I, and and I agree, and I, I think that's why. Even now, the guy that I prefer in the league is KD. I love KD, and I know he gets so much flack, but KD, once he's playing, he's playing, and he's yeah. all basketball, and he's emotional probably off the court, and he, you know, but he, he is a guy that when he's on the court, it's all business, and I love that, and he doesn't need motivation. He doesn't need you to pump him up. He doesn't need you to do any of that. He's just a self-motivator who's going to do what he has to do, and so... So with that, let's uh, move on to the NFL. We get some football finally this Thursday. Before yeah. we go to the NFL, Stephen A. Smith, did you guys hear about that? Yeah. So Steve Nash gets hired by the Brooklyn Nets. He gets hired by them. Uh, <laughs> Steve Nash, who's two-time MVP, Hall of future Famer. Hall of Famer. <laughs> Uh, he ran the seven seconds or less sons. If you don't know Steve Nash, then you, you don't know basketball. And that's it. You know, you go to YouTube. YouTube Steve Nash. Uh, he was with Dirk for a long time. He's probably the best shooter. Now, this might be controversial. He's probably the best shooter I've ever seen in my life. Just pure shooter. Steph Curry is the best, like, ridiculous shots, everything. Right. But just the guy that whenever I would see him play, that had he shot... M- as much as Steph Curry shoots, we would be talking about Steve Nash as much as we talk about Steph Curry. But Steve Nash gets hired by Brooklyn. He coached KD in Golden State because he was one of the coaches up there. And he gets hired, and Stephen A goes on the air, and he says uh, it is, he got hired, and that's white because of – and that is white privilege because he got the job. He's Canadian, first of all. So let's get that correct. Bo- born in South Africa. South Africa. <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, wow. African He's privilege? Anyway, I'm kidding. Guys, but you know what I mean. <laughs> so he, he is Canadian, right? He's, He's Canadian, Canadian yeah. born in South Africa. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that, oh, wow. his, and that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I, I, I don't know much about basketball, but mentioning Steve Nash, I, I grew up hearing him a lot. And when I would play basketball in high school or in PE, um, People would shoot, kids would shoot and say Steve Nash, and then just shoot. Really? Yeah. Where'd you go to school, Phoenix? <laughs> no, here by. I was, I was just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I never heard that. That's I w- interesting. I always heard Kobe. Yeah, I know Kobe. Kobe. I mean, this just. I would hear Kobe too, but shout out to Steve Nash making an impact in Cudahy, California. <laughs> <laughs> those were the those were the contrarians. They're like, you know what? I hate the Lakers. Nash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they would say that. Yeah, yeah, they, they shoot. <laughs> it's a very niche market. Uh, so, so yeah, I mean, the level of disrespect here, as Stephen A. Smith says, is is amazing. Like one of the most cerebral basketball players ever. I'd, I'd put him up close to my boy John Stockton because I think they, they, they played they played similar. I think he's higher than your boy John Stockton. I, I don't know about that. But <laughs> we can talk about that later. <laughs> it is close though. Uh, it, in, in terms of, of the shooting, how, yeah. you know how you were mentioning how St- Steph Curry, yes, I, I, I do agree with that because he was more efficient shooter. Yes. But it would be out of character to, for him to take that many shots. This, this was a guy that when, when he would when he would give like behind the back passes and not give it to you on the money, on the chest, he'd say, my bad. He'd say, I'm sorry. 
I, I didn't give you the pass correctly. I, I, I remember watching this in the playoffs. He, he, he gave Sean Marion a pass, and it was too low, and he told him, hey, I'm sorry. Oh, he's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He's like, I should have given it to you in your chest. So this guy is a perfectionist when it comes to, to everything. And a and wonderful leader. Yeah, wonderful leader. Mentored Gordon Dragic. Very bright. Super, yes. super bright. And th those are all the qualities that, that, that you want in, in a coach. <laughs> and on top of that, if you want to talk about white privilege and, and, and all this, let's, just, let's even take, take his, uh, his uh, resume out of it. We see guys like Derek Fisher that got a shot. Uh, Jason, Jason Kidd. Kidd that got a shot. Uh, Larry Bird, Magic. I mean, it, this this happens. Doc Rivers. Do Doc Rivers. When he right. sucked for a long time. Th this happens, and they're not all they're not all uh, white. So for him, and to they're even not say all Steve that, Nash's resume. Right. Yeah. For 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 him to say that, so I think it's, it's so ignorant and disrespectful. Yeah, ignorant. Is the right word for that? Yeah, it, it was. When I when I when I saw the clip after, and I just was like, "Is he for real?" And it was just one of those, like, you're just trying to get on every single platform. You're trying to just get this to circulate. But Google Steve Nash. It's like what the Shaq told Chuck. Google me. Can you Google Steve Nash before you say anything dumb like that? Had it been Caruso, then yeah. It would have been like, you know what? That's a little weird. You're going to hire Caruso? Steve Nash. Steve Nash. He does deserves Steve the Nash. benefit of the doubt. Yes. If anyone does, he does. Yes. And, and Steve Nash, one of the, my favorite stories, Steve Nash, he, so he, he mentors Gordon Dragic. So the Dragic you see now is Steve Nash. Jared Dudley from the Lakers, when he was with Phoenix, he was chubby, hmm. more chubbier than he is now. <laughs> but there was a time, and, and Jared Dudley has said this, Steve Nash saved his career. Jared Dudley was about to be out of the league because he couldn't shoot threes and he was overweight. And he went on, and Steve Nash taught him how to eat. Or what to eat, not how to eat. <laughs> what you to chew, eat. You like and <laughs> he stripped him of all the sugars, all the things. Steve Nash took him under his wings he, he, and he began to hit threes. He practiced his threes with Steve Nash. He saved the man's career. Jared Dudley, if you've ever heard an interview, Jared Dudley is going to be on ESPN, TNT, one of those, because he's so good at, 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 at talking. Yeah. Steve Nash saved his career as his teammate. So it's, it's that kind of stuff that I'm sure Stephen A. knows. When Steve Nash was on, the, on Phoenix and Jason Richardson, the... the, the the very famous story that he slept with his wife. And Steve Nash didn't make it a big deal. He he kind of just focused team, team, team. And, and that that really bothered me because S Stephen A and guys like him, and, and, and especially now in the climate we live in, wanna everything they want to make everything about race, but not everything is about race. Some guys are good and some guys are bad. If if we say if whenever we say that a black coach should get fired, it's not because he's black, it's because he's not good. It's and it's the same thing for guys that are white. I'm calling for Bud's head, but if if Bud gets fired after whenever Milwaukee loses, nothing's gonna happen. No one's gonna bat an eye. The same thing with the Philadelphia coach. Um, Whatever, uh, whatever his name is. 
he when he gets fired when he got fired, nobody said anything. Same thing with Indiana. That coach got fired. He was yeah. Black. But had those two guys had 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 um, oh, it's bothering me that I can't remember his name. When the Philly coach got fired, and when and and if Bud gets fired, if those guys were black, it would be just the the leading thing on all these shows. But he can't. The guy, if the guys can't win, they can't win. And I, I just think it's ridiculous to make that Steve Nash thing. Brett Brown, yes, Brett Brown, yeah, the Philly, Philadelphia coach. Had, had, <laughs> if that guy was black, they would be like, wow, they didn't give him a fair shake. He was there for all the bad stuff, blah, blah, blah. And these are the same guys. Stephen A is the same guy that when the Lakers hired Byron Scott, and I don't know how you guys felt about Byron Scott as a coach. I thought he sucked. He was the worst. Terrible. He was terrible. Yeah. Stephen <laughs> <thanks>, A. <laughs> Was like, oh, this coach is great. He's the best coach for the team. Ba, 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 ba. All Byron Scott did is let Kobe do whatever he wanted. <laughs> and he alienated the number two pick of that draft, D'Angelo Russell. He ruined D'Angelo Russell for the Lakers. Byron Scott did. He sucked as a coach. He should never have gotten that job. But when Luke Walton comes in, who did a better job than Byron Scott, he gets thrown through the mud, and it doesn't matter. But no one's ever going to come in defense of the white guy because you know you can't do that. I just that 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 really bothered me when he said that because I just like it's Steve Nash, Steve like I, I don't understand. And the other idiots that were on the show with him, like can one of them tell them, hey, do you know it's Steve Nash? Can we give you his resume? But it's it's it, because of the climate yeah. because he's black and he said something that's pro-black in some twisted way for some people. I don't think it really is pro-black, but... It isn't. I, I think they're like, ooh, should I even say anything? Like, the, the amount the amount of, uh, of uh, controversy that follows that, I don't think a lot of people want. Yeah. So I'm glad Charles Barkley said something. He, so Your boy. Because uh, coming fr- from, from a black man, yeah. I, I think that, that it's important that, that those people uh, stand up and actually say something. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. So let's go to the NFL. All right. <laughs> NFL. <laughs> finally. <laughs> so, yeah. So, NFL, we got a game uh, finally this Thursday. We got the Texans Woo! versus the Chiefs. It's the yeah. most wonderful time of the year. Finally, song. some uh, some football. That's you know, a Christmas everybody's, song. Uh, <laughs> everybody's hungry for football, and we're, we're, you know, we're excited about that. We wanted to start off with some uh, predictions. Uh, our, you know, our predictions for the division winners and um, Let's see go. how that goes. Yikes. Let's go. By the way, uh, the Brood Thoughts podcast, we're doing our fantasy league, so we keep you guys updated on who wins that. Should be a lot of fun. Eight teams. And uh, if next year you want to be part of it, you want to compete against us for, let us know and we'll, we'll, we'll think about it and we'll let you in. We'll ask you what your favorite team is and if we agree, then maybe we'll let you in. Uh, maybe. maybe. Just maybe. <laughs> so, who do you guys have coming off the AFC East? Oh. I got the Patriots. That's what I got. Just just for German. I know he's got someone else. <laughs> I, I, got got the, the, I got the, I got the Patriots, Patriots, too. I, I think uh, Cam Newton is going to come back, and he has something to prove. I yeah. also think Bill Belichick has Yikes. something to prove. And his system is proven. I, I believe in the Bill Belichick system. So... I'm rooting for them. Uh, yikes. Um, 
I'm gonna have to go with the Patriots. Okay. Although I don't, I don't like the Patriots, but we're gonna have to go with the Patriots on this one. My brain is telling me to go Pats, and I've been thinking about this for a week. You can mm. go Dolphins or what? No Dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> I said my, I have a brain, Dave. My my brain is telling me to go Pats. But your heart. I'm gonna outsmart myself. Uh-oh. I think the Bills are gonna take the division. You guys heard it yeah. here first. I th- I think. <laughs> The Patriots have lost too many players on defense. That defense is not going to be the same. Uh, we have to remember that Cam Newton, I think, will have a better year, and he will bounce. Well, but he'll bounce back year from his injuries. But it's important to remember the weapons that Brady had, which weren't that great, is the same weapons this dude has. I just think the Bills, their defense is better. I don't trust Josh Allen, but I think the Bills have enough talent around him and that they'll win the division in spite of him. So, AFC West. Wait, so you're going for the Bills? Bills. I got the Bills. That's, that's Write it down, Dave. That's so AFC Write West, it down. I, you can't go wrong with the Chiefs, the defending Super Bowl champs. You know, I'm, I'm a Charger fan. It hurts to say that, I don't think I think the Chargers will be the probably be the third best team. I think the Raiders will probably be the second best Ooh, team. Oh, fighting words. Um, but I mean, just keeping Ooh. it real. So Mahomes is gonna definitely uh, come back strong. The, the team's gonna be motivated and they'll win. They'll win it again. I agree, Chiefs. Easy. I agree, Chiefs. Uh, let's see what else. Uh Patrick Mahomes could do. Maybe he could do like a between the legs pass this year. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Wait for it, guys. Uh, I'm gonna go Raiders. Just kidding. Oh, Jeez. I was like, wow. Jeez. I'm not that. I'm not that. I was, we're about to send you to get drug tested. <laughs> so in the north? Um, I'm going to go Steelers. Okay. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. AFC North? Yeah. Yeah. I, I although I wanted Ravens, but I Wait, think I'm going to go Steelers. Steelers. You're going Pittsburgh? Ooh. I'm going to Pittsburgh. I, I, oh! I was going to go for the Ravens. Yikes. But I know everyone's going to pick Lamar Let's Jackson. Let's go. And I was like, you know what? Ben Roethlisberger. He's gonna come back strong from his injury. He 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 said Nuts. he wasn't gonna. He came back with the. That's Ed's guy. Yeah. He said he wasn't gonna get a haircut until he felt healthy. He got a haircut. <laughs> he's no so. Lo- he's and he's not that big anymore. He's lost weight. Yeah. yeah. So it's not. It's so it's not big Ben. Is not so big Ben anymore. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see. So to Pittsburgh. Yeah. What about you, Ed? Oh, look, I I love the Steelers <laughs> as much as the next guy. I love them so much, but I. I gotta go with the Ravens. Man. Yeah, I got, I got I, the Ravens. I, so. I gotta go with the Ravens. They, they got, they got talent, and their quarterback is ridiculous. Yeah, I give them that. Their, their quarterback is really good. So. Uh, their roster is ridiculous. Yeah, too. and when you when you have a quarterback like that, it just really opens things up. It, it yeah. covers for holes that 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 you have in your in your weapons. Yeah, so. and that system is built. For Lamar Jackson, I, I think the Ravens, but it should be interesting. No love for the Browns this year, huh? Mm-mm. No, <laughs> there's never love for the Browns. I'm it's glad you guys real. said Steelers, though. That made, that made me feel good. <laughs> <laughs> so you're writing these down, right, Dave? Uh, yeah. Come on, bro. It's about AFC South. I, I thought you guys wrote them down on your phone. <laughs> I have it right. Here. Yeah, I have mine too. Yeah, I have AFC South. I have the Colts. My Colts. boy Rivers. Whoa. Um, I believe my boy Rivers. I believe, really? you know that that team's gonna bounce back, and um, I know everybody probably has the, tech, the Titans coming out. 
Uh, but I'm going to go with my gut and go with my boy Rivers. I got the Texans. I, I got think the Texans. Okay. Deshaun Watson just got paid. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I just think he, they're the better team. They have the better quarterback. Uh, their coach is suspect, but I think they, they just, they're the best team in that division, in my opinion. So I got the Texans. Yeah, I got Texans, too. How about you, Ed? I got the Titans. Uh, okay. I think the running game King is, Henry. is what is going to to help them come out on top. Uh, Texans, you're right. The coach is suspect, so prove me wrong. Yeah, One thing about the Titans, they were very exciting to watch last year, so I'm looking forward to seeing more of that. Yeah. So how about NFC East? NFC East. Cowboys. I got Cowboys. Oh, they have the best team. I got Cowboys, oh, too. I, I was joking on the Cowboys. Yeah, yeah I, I got the Cowboys, I think as well, they have man. the best team. Yeah. I think New York has the yeah, rookie quarterback. Um, I know the, Eagles, Wash, the Washington team is whatever. Yeah. Uh, the Eagles, I think, will win second, but I think the Cowboys just have the best roster in that division. Yeah, I guess I'm doing oddball out then. I, I, I picked the Eagles. Okay. So. so we move on to the NFC. Uh, I'm sorry, NFC North. And and I'll, I'll go with Rogers, Green Bay. Wait, what about the West? No, we got the North first. Oh. We leave the West for the best. So that's the last division. Sorry, Stop. I'm going down the... Okay, so NFC North, you you said you have the Packers? Yeah, I got the Packers. Uh, I have Rogers. Packers. I, I can't. Yeah, can't I, I, got Packers. The, I got the Packers, too. I got the Vikings. Ooh. Okay, I, I, th- I, th- I almost picked the Vikings. I think the Vikings just have the better team. Uh-huh. I think Aaron Rodgers will play. Will have a better year, maybe, maybe. <laughs> I think we could have a conversation later. I think that Aaron Rodgers is uh, his resume is overrated. His resume. I think he's the best quarterback I've ever seen. He's the best guy I've ever seen throw the ball. His resume is suspect. That's all I'm saying. We can have a mini pot about it later. Okay. But the Vikings. I got the Vikings winning that division. All right. So we move on over to the NFC South. Ooh, and uh, I had a trouble with this. Uh, I did have trouble with this as I well. I was like, am I going to go Tampa Bay or I am have, I going to go Saints? And you know what? I really like – I'm really going to root – I like the Saints, okay? I like Drew Brees, but I feel like their time has passed. And I'm just going to go with Tampa Bay, and, and I believe in whatever's happening down there. And I'm gonna I'm gonna go with that. Yeah, I, I picked the Buccaneers as well. I think I think uh, Brady has some pretty good weapons right there. Um, so. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I don't know. I, I just think uh, yeah, the Bucks would take this one. I got South. I got the Saints guys. Same. Uh, I think the Buccaneers still have to kind of kind of figure it out. They didn't really have much of a. They're not really going to have, like, the preseason that they usually have to get ready. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of kinks. I'm not saying that the Saints are going to be the better team because I think the Buccaneers will figure it out, but I think the Saints will come out on top. Yeah, I th- yeah, I agree. I think what's going to help the Saints is that they know each other and, and there's just they're just they, their knowledge of each other – because they've been together for so long, it's just gonna be what what allows them to gel. Because Makes sense. the Bucks, you'll need to gel. I think my guy Brady is gonna have a monster season. It's gonna be one of those, you know, although I don't like Brady, to, to Belichick type of 
seasons. I think he's going to try to just – I think Brady's going for it all because I think he's trying to do the whole, you know, yeah, F you to the Pats. Die. Yeah, so – yeah, I, I, but I think the Saints. I think the Saints just have been together long. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't like Brady, but I think that's my guy, the goat. So, what about your favorite division? Ooh, NFL, that's the NFC best division West. of football. I'm not even being biased. Tell me it's not. Tell me it's not. It's, it's the best not. division. It's not. What's the best division <laughs> of football? What? No, I guess it is stacked. Right. Okay, it's stacked. But, it's the but best not. division of football. Well, damn it. So I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. So yeah, so you have the the Niners and <laughs> you know you have Seattle and you have the Rams are going to be hot. Um, Cardinals I know are up and coming, but they're going to be feisty. They're going to be number four. Yeah. The mm. Cardinals or the Rams or the Rams. The Rams. Yeah. I don't know. So my my pick was either going to I was going to I know. Not to you, make you you're any, gonna say Seattle. Not huh? to make you any. Not, not to make you happy. You're gonna say not Niners. To you, I was gonna say Niners. I, I but have it right here. But I'm gonna go with Niners. Uh, I, I don't. I think the Niners. Usually teams they, they go to the Super Bowl and they just come back and they fall hard to the ground and they not suck. us. I don't see the Niners doing that. Not us. They have a young quarterback. You know he he's pretty good quarterback too. Nothing but good things coming to that with that guy. He's just getting his career started. So and he's playing without a brace this year. Watch out for Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, I, I'm going with Niners. Jimmy so. G. I, I'm gonna. I hear, didn't want to say. I'm gonna that. hear all season just German screaming. Jimmy G. Jimmy G. He's my guy. <laughs> okay, I'll go next because I, I know you want to. You, you know, go, go Seattle, off huh? and then, no, no, no. It was it was closer than than. Uh, he picked the Seahawks. Yeah, it was really close. I I got the 49ers too. They 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 got the weapons. They got they got the defense. Um it's hard to not pick them, but but Russell is Russell's he's a force. He's amazing. He's a force to be reckoned yeah. with, but I think that the team itself, the 49ers are much better. Mr. Unlimited. <laughs> <laughs> that cringy Twitter video. Um I'm going to have to go to the 49ers. I smart man. I don't I don't like the season last last season where they just destroyed my Packers, but I think 49ers can triumph in this division. Yeah, um, I it's agree. a bitter, it's a sour taste to my mouth by saying that. But <laughs> <laughs> 49ers, so I'm gonna have to go with them. I agree. I think that I I think we have the best team in that division. I think we have the best coach in that division. And this is the revenge tour. The Niners remind me of that Spurs team that should have won the title, but they coughed up the title to to the Miami Heat, and they came that next year. They they brought the same dudes, and they was just on a mission to get back to the title. That's what I see this Niners. Uh, they're projected to win eight games, and that's ridiculous. I, what? <laughs> if that happens, I'm just going to cry all year if we only win eight games. But I think I think we'll win the division. All right, you, you got to be on, on that Twitter just posting game one down, game two oh, down. I mean, yeah, <laughs> and then stick it to their faces <laughs> when they get past the eighth game. <laughs> All right, so with that, we're moving on to, uh, to a little fun game that we're going to be doing here with with Root Thoughts and. Our Brewing Force. If you can explain that to us, German, what this is all yeah. about. Yeah, our Brewing. Work. So it is sponsored by. Nobody. Yeah, so we don't have a sponsor for that yet. So if you want to be our sponsor, so, you can go ahead and... For <laughs> real. Yeah, contact us. So the Brewing Force. So here we go. So the game... So this is the game. We're going to pick the top four games of every week. The best games that we think are 
are the the best matchups, the the must watch games, and we're gonna pick them and we're gonna compete with each other. And at the end of the at the end of the season, we're gonna go all the way to the Super Bowl. The 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 guy with the best record will win uh, some item, some coffee item worth up to fifty bucks. Given to him by the other guys, the teaspoon maybe. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever you want, whatever you want. You could, you want a fifty dollar teaspoon. I mean, that just that would be amazing because just to buy that, you just would be like, what? I cannot believe I'm spending this. We literally much spent fifty dollars just for a teaspoon. Yeah, so that would be great. So you can use it for your daily coffee. Ex- so. Exactly. So we'll start with the first game. We have to include. We have to include the the. The the, big, the the first matchup of the year, Texans Chief Chiefs Thursday night. I'll start it off. I think the Chiefs will win it. I think they'll get the rings. They'll celebrate, and and they'll get the W. I think it's gonna be a good game. Chiefs. I second that. I got the Chiefs. Um, they already got the rings. Normally, Ooh, um, when that, you, that's a letdown game. You're yeah, right. normally when the a team gets the rings, they, they're not in it, and they're yeah. going to lose that game. So uh, I'm going to go with Chiefs as well because they got them already. And Mahomes got proposed that same day. You guys hear about that? Yeah, he proposed. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go with Chiefs as well on this one. So second game, we got Buck Saints. It's going to be a good game. It's going to be... The first of two for this division around, and we'll get uh, we'll get a good uh, early matchup, J- Breeze versus uh, Brady. I got the Bucks winning that one. I think Brady, uh, the Bu- the Saints have had a history of week one games at their house, just fumbling it away, and I think Tampa Bay is going to go in there looking to make a statement. I think the Bucks are going to win a thriller in in you. I think it's in New Orleans uh, versus the Saints. I got the Bucks as well. Um, I again, I, I see uh, Tom Brady going all in. And what if we pick the same teams? I know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I got the it's going to even out at the end. I got the Bucks as well. Yeah, I got the Bucks. Oh, so far we're all tied. Yes. yes. Okay, so and the, then we got the third game, David's Packers versus the Vikings. I'm gonna go with Packers. <laughs> what a surprise! And so, so he got the Packers. I got the Vikings in that one. I think the Vikings are they're gonna. I, I just I think that they're just a better team. And so, I got the Vikings in that game. I got the Packers. Uh, yeah, go Pack. Yeah, I got the Packers as well. In the last game of the of the of the for this week, we'll do Cowboys Rams, two teams that I hate, and uh, I'll go the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys are better, and that's as much analysis as I can give you. The better <laughs> team is gonna win. I'm gonna go with the Rams. I'm just gonna not. I'm gonna be different. Yeah, okay, I'm gonna go for the Rams as well. And shout out to my sister. So, Mireya. Shout out to me, yeah, yeah. Uh, I got the Cowboys. Yeah, it's simple. They're better unless they wet the bed, which I think they won't. Um, yeah, Cowboys. Cool. So with that, we have uh, our first guest here on Brew Thoughts, on the Brew Thoughts podcast. We're super excited. 
and uh, we pre-recorded this on Thursday uh, with uh, my guy, uh, Ivan. He's the commissioner of one of the leagues I play in. And so he's going to give us a rundown, uh, a little breakdown on fantasy football, sleepers, and all of that. Uh, keep, an, keep an eye out on that. You can follow him on, on Instagram, and his Instagram handle is at on the spot right here. It's Ivan H underscore. So you can follow him there. He has a he has a uh, fantasy league and a fantasy uh, fantasy Instagram page that he has now as well. It's the hundred fantasy football on Instagram. You can follow him there too. Shout out to Ivan, my guy. And and after the Thursday, he's our guy. He's a friend of the pod. He's a he's a he's a he he has so much knowledge. So hopefully you enjoyed the interview. All right, so we're uh, joined here uh, by a good friend, which is an understatement. So it's uh, joined by a childhood friend. Came out in his wedding, actually. Came out with his dog at his wedding. <laughs> uh, the commissioner himself, Ivan Herrera, is here to wow. talk to us about fantasy football. Yes, we're sir. excited that you're here with us, with Albert, with, and with Ed on the okay. Brew Thoughts podcast. Welcome. Of course, man. Yeah, thank you for having me. Pretty excited. Yeah, you're our first guest, so it's a, it's a huge honor. So we we have the no pressure. The little, right? Yeah, no pressure. <laughs> and then we have the little the the little noisemaker. We would have the the clapping noise and all of that. Right. Well, so welcome to that. my head. So don't worry. There you go. <laughs> I'm like, Hello, everyone. Welcome, welcome. Thank you, Carmen. <laughs> so, what is fantasy football? So let's start with that. Man, okay, fantasy football, the way that I would describe it, it is the closest that a grown man could start feeling the emotion <laughs> of a 16-year-old girl in high school. <laughs> you get so emotionally invested in fake general managing a team that you drafted. And uh, <laughs> I guess... Feels pretty real to me. <laughs> right, dude. It is. It's, it's pretty amazing. But it's, it's one of the things... I. I guess, you know, Peyton Manning said this in Peyton's places. If you could, come, you know, put fantasy football in one statue, it is a grown man on his computer neglecting his family on a Sunday just to see how players that he chose are doing. <laughs> so I guess that's the best definition that I could come up with what fantasy football is. <laughs> how long have you been doing it for? Uh, so casually I've been doing it since, I'll say 2011, without knowing much about how to play it. But I joined uh -huh. one of my friend's leagues that actually Jeremy knows. His name, is, um, his name is Eddie. I've been doing his league now for about – we started doing it in 2013. So we're now approaching eight years. And every single year, because you're doing it you know, with the same guys, it gets so competitive. So um, it's been now almost a shade under eight years or so. And then I started my own league last season that Jeremy's in. He had an That's amazing, right. amazing team, actually. Uh, it was, I feel like it was an omen for my 49ers. I was so good. Made it to a championship game and I fell short. Right. An omen. I think you went to like nine and four or something like that, which isn't bad whatsoever. It was terrible. I lost. And then I'm in two other leagues as well. And, you know, this is going to just make me sound more of a nerd. I tell my wife, this is probably the nerdiest thing I do is fantasy football. But I, I joined um, with these random guys that I met on a forum uh, through this fantasy life app that Matthew Derrick has. <laughs> 
So I have some guys that I know from Cincinnati, Ohio, New York, but it's cool. Now this isn't going to be our third season. So we're going to have our live draft on Saturday. We just found out where everyone's picking. So I'm, I've been doing mock drafts and I'm telling you, it's the, it's probably the top nerdiest thing I do not behind, uh, which I love, you know, you and Ed Albert did an amazing job with the Batman trailer preview. I was like, was David. Oh, yeah, thanks, man. <laughs> it was like nerd porn. I was just all over. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, Ed, you got me, man. I have to give you a shout out with the whole Batman Beyond Theory. That just blew my mind, dude. Good stuff, man. Oh. That was that was David, I think, right? Oh, was it David? I thought it was yeah. you. Yeah, it was our producer. Oh, see, because both of you guys have this very low, like, jazzy voice, so it's hard to tell which one was the sexy <laughs> voice. I was like, oh, man, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a pretty cool uh, uh, idea there, huh? Batman Beyond deal? Dude, that got me tripping out because I, I was just excited with the trailer being, you know, just how good it was. But the way you guys broke it down and – Okay, so, Ed, was it you or was it David that broke down the whole Flashpoint thing? Because I thought that was superb as well. That was David. Oh, man. Yeah. I, well, I mean, I guess I'll give you all the praise right now without giving him the credit. So. <laughs> thank you. Just thank you. <laughs> yeah. So, David, if you're watching, man, excellent job, dude. <laughs> awesome. So, so, your Sundays are pretty busy then, right, with all these leagues that you have going on? and Yeah. Yeah, and it's weird, too, because German can attest to this because – I work in full-time ministry, so I work at a church. So Sundays, I'm working. And uh, I have this thing I have to, like, battle with, like, the Holy Spirit of, okay, if I don't check my scores, will you bless me with making sure I win the week? So <laughs> I don't really not look at my, my phone when I'm uh, at church. But I'm telling you, man, it's the 16-year-old emotional thing that you get attached to these things where you just think, okay, if I check right now, I'm sure that my guy will score. Or maybe if you don't check, they will score. It's a – it's a whole mind debacle, dude. I'm telling you, man. It's 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 a real challenge. I see German nodding his head because he could. And as a as a pastor, I'm sure it's the worst, dude. You're just like, oh, I I go out there and I'm like, Lord, please, I'm gonna preach the gospel. Please, bless my guys. Like, if Two I touch to please. give you five salvations this week, give me, <laughs> give me a win. <laughs> it's such a battle, such a struggle. Yeah, yeah man, it really is. And so as, you, as you've played fantasy football, yes, what sir. is uh, the, cha- the biggest challenge for yeah. new players as sure. they begin to play? Absolutely. So there's this great philosophy when it comes to fantasy football, you know, especially when it comes to drafting. So like this time of the year for me, guys, is my absolute favorite. I, I love draft season. So I'm doing mock drafts, trying to see, okay, if I have the fourth pick, what players can I get? And it gets so exciting because right now there is absolutely like zero uncertainty about, no, rather there's so much uncertainty about which players are going to do well, which ones are going to just, you know, just come out of nowhere. So it's, it's a lot of fun to prepare for the draft. So one of the challenges that I see new players do is they think that their first two picks are the most important when in reality, the most important picks in your draft are towards the middle of the draft and towards the ending. Cause you never know what player that you thought wasn't going to do much, just blows up. And you're thinking, wow, when you look back at, you know, to the end of the year, like I could have had Lamar Jackson um, and the fifth round when this guy went last year in our draft room and he went in the 14th round. Dude was that's the right. best player in that's fantasy right. last year. So that's, it's one of those beauties that you just never know what players are going to pop. 
So you, know, you try to play the numbers. You, you, you obviously do your best to play the matchups. But the thing is, is really investing in those middle rounds of which guys are going to blow up because you don't win the draft with Christian McCaffrey and then we'll just say Joe Mixon as your two picks. It's the guys that come afterwards that really require uh, the most attention. So that's probably the most challenging thing when it comes to fantasy and new players that get involved. Mm. What about as a commissioner? What's the most challenging thing? So, yeah. Ger- okay, you know, so German, you've never been in a league with Eddie, but you, uh, you are with, you know, like in my league, which he's a part of, but as a commissioner, dude, this guy was – I mean, I think he set the pathway for me because this guy gives weekly recaps of every single matchup, gives fun facts, adds like, you know, some good value that you can read as a player. And I absolutely love that. And uh, being that I'm one of those guys that the minute I get to something, I just go full, full force with it. So I've actually implemented similar things that, you know, that he does, which is weekly recaps and trying to see, okay, here's my prediction of the week. So that way the guys can see, oh man, you know, he said that I'm going to lose. Okay, well, let's see how I do this week kind of thing. So it just adds more engagement. And one thing that I did that I like to credit, you know, credit Eddie with that I did that was different than his is that I did a, a digital draft board. He had a physical one, which was neat because we would meet up, have some food, do a draft. And I never had that experience. But I think that experience and just, you know, just cultivating that, like, in, you know, huge investment, you know, when it came to the draft, got me really excited to want to do that for myself. So I did a very advanced, which now I think is fitting considering the times that we're in right now, uh, right. having, a, you know, a virtual draft board that someone can access to, even if, the, if they're not there physically at the draft. So um, as, as a commissioner, it, it can get taxing, but it's, it's so much fun, especially when you think about adding value to the guys that are playing in the league. And it just adds, you know, something you know, just pretty exciting to it, but it, it does add more work on, on me as far as doing research, but it's, it makes me sound nerdy, which I think is a cool thing when it comes to sports. So I'll take it. Do you guys have like a championship ring at the end that you guys hang on to for one year or no, a trophy? Or- yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm actually in the works and I would love to get your guys' feedback on this. So I'm thinking about getting, and then, you know, a German, you're in this league as well. We already voted. We wanted to do a trophy, but I found like one of those wrestling belts and I thought, how cool oh, right. yeah, yeah. a championship belt as opposed to a trophy. Rashid Wallace style. Yeah. That'd be yeah. cool. Yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm thinking about doing that for the, for the guy that won last year. And it sucks too, because he was the underdog going into the seat, you know, going into the playoffs and he ended up winning, but that's fantasy football for you, man. So. What's your, uh, your record? So last season, I uh, was seven and six in two leagues, and I was, and, and this one is the one that hurts the most. I was ten and one, no, I'm sorry. There's thirteen games in the regular season, so I was uh, twelve, no, rather eleven and two in one league, and I had Christian McCaffrey and I had Dalvin Cook, Oof. and um, I lost in the semifinals by point four points. I had Carson Wentz as my starter versus the New York Giants. So that was the most heartbreaking because I, I went in there as a number one seed. Uh, but I remember three years ago, I was like two and nine in one season and it was absolutely embarrassing. And, uh, but that's the, you know, that's the fun part about it is you just never know how your teams are going to shake up. Some seasons you're lucky. And for example, last year I started off seven and one in the league that, um, that our friend um, Eddie runs. And I ended up, you know, ending the season on a five week losing streak, which is, you can't control that because of injuries, and I had David Johnson, so you know how that turned. You know, Yikes, yeah. So, so yeah. What's, and, and what's been 
Sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, and then in the in the league that I actually am with German, I I also had David Johnson, but I was able to flip him for Ezekiel Elliott on a very controversial <laughs> trade that everyone was. It was the worst. It was an inside job. No, it wasn't. I, I, yeah, I oh, come I promise you, I it was not. the guy offered me the trade. I'm just like, are you serious? You want to give me Zeke for David Johnson? And no, I gave him Mike Evans. So it was Mike Evans and David Johnson for Zeke and Michael Gallup. And I thought, okay, it's still kind of unbalanced in, in my favor, but I'll take it because he offered it. The so. text messages that were sent right after that trade went, went, oh. went official. <laughs> hey, but I – I, I have the transcripts. I have the birth certificate, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I went 10-3 in that, in that league, and I, I still can't talk about it. Yeah, yeah. I, I you absolutely kill that league. And I think you went with your Niners as the, as the defense, oh. too. Yeah. Yeah, and, I was able to pick up, yeah, I picked up the Niners early. And all I thought about, dude, when you did that come draft, I was like, man, what a homer. Like, dude. <laughs> 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 it, 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 it worked out for you, man, so I can't hate you on that. <laughs> What's been your toughest, most frustrating defeat playing fantasy? Oh, man. Um, so I kind of prefaced it uh, with, the, with the last season matchup. I was – so, you know, just to pinch you guys a picture, it was uh, Monday Night Football. I was only down by, like – I think it was, like, 21 points. And I thought, okay, cool. I have Carson Wentz going up against um, Eli Manning because that was the game that he made a start which was week 14 or whatever it was. And I'm thinking, oh, I got us in the bag. The Giants have a terrible secondary. Uh, fast forward, the Eagles are down versus the Giants, like 10 to 3. I'm like, the Eagles aren't doing crap. And all of a sudden, though, they, they come surging. And my fantasy football team is, okay, like, you know, this is the playoffs. This is the, you know, semifinals. Um, Wentz has gotten me 16 points. I just need five more, and I win this game. He ended up getting me 4.8 points which was oh. so heartbreaking. And the reason why it makes it even more heartbreaking, guys, is because the following week was the, you know, was the actual championship series, right? And I ended up playing for third place, but I outscored both of those guys. So one of those, oh. like, if I would have played in the championship you know, round, I would have won. But right. it was, so that was the toughest one because I was praying for a stat correction. And for those of you that don't <laughs> know, for the, you know, for those that listen, and fantasy football, ESPN and actually most platforms too, they review the actual matchups to make sure that there wasn't any kind of error with, with stats. Those come out Wednesday. So I was just praying, Lord, if I fast from now till Wednesday, you get me those 0.3 points to win this matchup. Um, fast forward and, you know, spoiler alert, the, the good Lord did not answer that prayer, but he had bigger right. Yes, <laughs> he had bigger plans. I'll take that, I suppose. <laughs> Yeah, so, during fantasy football, we're not uh, we're not superstitious, but we're a little stitches. That's what ends up <laughs> happening. Like a, we're a little stitches. Oh yeah, I'm not too, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. So, so in terms of uh, so I'll just go go right ahead and say I sure. I've never played any fantasy anything. Yeah. But I'm still kind of like I'm still really into to to sports. Sure. So in in terms of uh. Of drafting, do, do you kind of like make your list and 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 say, okay, well, this guy has this, and rank them accordingly? Yeah. And also, also, if you do, is it a little different than, for example, a top one hundred in the NFL? Mm, yeah, that's a great question. Yeah. So, um, the way that I come up with my strategy is I like to look at each position and see, okay, which one is the one 
that seems to be going first, you know, within the first few rounds. And being that you don't know too much about fantasy, running back is the most scarce position um, in, 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 in all of fantasy football. So, um, you know, when it comes to those first two rounds, my strategy typically this season, as well as the last two, has been going running back the first two rounds. Because the thing is, you don't want to worry about your starters when it comes to running back. So you don't want to mess around within those first two rounds. However, say if you're picking late in the first round and you see Michael Thomas right there, who basically outscored most running backs last season, you're wondering, okay, do I take the gamble on this guy? and see if he can equal that kind of production. I wouldn't go that route considering how deep wide receivers are because you can still get your like a number one as well as your number two wide receivers in the fourth and fifth rounds, which is pretty amazing considering. So I like to go in with one strategy, but I'm never married to it. So for, you know, you know just to paint you just, you know, just one fair example here. If I was to pick, we'll say the fourth, uh, you know, the fourth overall pick, and if I can get myself Avin Kamara, Zeke Elliott, and then on the turn when I come back, that's what, 17 picks later. And I see Travis Kelsey there as well as George Kittle. I might take the gamble there because just like running back, the tight end is also a really scarce position where you basically only have three or four great tight ends, two that are absolutely at the top, which is Travis Kelsey and, of course, Germans, George Kittle. Um, so if it's I can get- the opposite, by the way. It's George Kittle first, then Kelsey. Uh, long term wise, I'll agree with you. He is younger and he's a beast. Um, so it's it's basically splitting hairs. But the you know uh, the point is still made that you want to at least get one of those two type two top tight ends if you can. So it I'm not really married to a strategy, but I like to play with them, which is why I love doing mock drafts because that way you can see okay what will my team look like if I get Lamar Jackson in in, in the third round. So uh, you know just to give you guys an example, I I had Alvin Kamara with my first pick. I took uh, George Kittle with my second one. And then on the return back, which is five picks later, I got uh, uh, Lamar Jackson. And then 17 picks later, I got Chris Carson. So I thought, okay, you know what? You know, Alvin Kamara as my number one, Chris Carson as my number two, you know, Lamar Jackson as well as Kelsey. I now have two of the best players within their positions and also some, you know, top tier one guys and top tier two uh, within my first four picks. So that's how I try to map it out but the thing is you never want to be married to a strategy but you want to at least have some kind of backup plan in place so then that way if you do get caught off guard we're like crap my first strategy isn't there but i at least have something that i can work off of so that's probably the best approach when it comes to fantasy football and it's based on yardage right like whenever someone you know covers yardage or scores a touchdown that, that's how you yeah, that's a good question. get points yeah, correct Right, right. So it's it's really based on how the league is, but most default settings are it's based off yardage, touchdown scored. So uh, for the leagues that uh, me and German play in, I don't know if you play in any other German, but we do PPR, which is uh, short for point yeah. per reception. So that's why uh, you want to really invest in a running back that can also receive because you get a point for every reception they get. So even if they get like, we'll just say negative five yards on five receptions, you get five points for the fact that they just caught one reception. So that's how scoring typically works. And for example, some leagues also have quarterbacks where if they throw a touchdown, they get four points, which is the default, but some of them bolster them up to six points. So now you're thinking, oh, wow, I probably should invest in a quarterback that's going to really get me some points in the air, which is typically like your, you know, Patrick Mahomes. Now you're looking at your, like your Drew Brees have more value. Uh, whereas in the rushing is, uh, is, isn't as much value 
with uh, Lamar Jackson because he won't probably throw as much this year compared to last year because, you know, there's going to be some natural decline based on what he did last year because it was absolutely nuts. I think he was averaging, I think it was a 9% touchdown ratio, which is nuts considering that the average is at 5%. So you have to expect some kind of decline there. So that's how scoring typically works. But it's, it's really fun because in some leagues too, if, if you wanted to invest high in a tight end, they actually get 1.5 points per reception. But those are really – they have so many different ways of scoring. So it's, it's really – I think it behooves you to make sure that you know what your league scoring is because that will also affect how you draft when it comes to the actual fantasy football draft itself. How, do, how have uh, guys like Lamar Jackson or even Patrick Mahomes who – who at any moment can light up the the scoreboard. Sure. How do those guys kind of throw like they've thrown a a wrench in all of this? Because mm-hmm. the guy in our league last year took Patrick Mahomes first round. That's right. Yeah, which was absolutely crazy. He took him. Uh, I think it was the fourth overall pick or the third, which is a no no for me. I, I will never invest on in quarterback that high. Uh, yeah. Now, if Lamar Jackson and Mahomes are there in the third, in the fourth, I'm for sure taking them because of the value that they bring compared to the next guys after that. Because, you know, when it comes to quarterbacks, you want to look for, okay, who's going to be the Lamar Jackson of this season? So, you know, just to give you guys an example as well, in 2018, I drafted Mahomes with my final pick. So uh, round 16, and that was the year that he blew up. So you always want to find, okay, who's the next guy that's going to blow up? And Lamar Jackson was someone that we knew was talented, but we didn't know he was going to throw for the way he threw. And we knew that he could run on the ground. So when he combined that together, they had the most prolific offense last year. So you want to always look for value. So uh, you always want to see, okay, who's going to be the next guy? My guy this season, just to give your viewers or rather your listeners um, just a little inside scoop here. I think it's going to be Kyler Murray being that he had such a great fantasy football season as a rookie and the year two quarterbacks do such a good job. Case in point, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes. So to follow the trend, I think it's going to be Kyler Murray, plus to include DeAndre Hopkins there, which you guys covered actually in one of your guys' first episodes. So I think that that will really help out, considering that they have Kenyon Drake, Chase Edmonds, Christian Kirk is going to be a third, fourth-year receiver, and then those tend to really develop um, you know, within those seasons. So I think it should be pretty good for, for Kyler Murray. But his, his price is a little high, I think, in the sixth round. So I'm looking at guys like – Josh Allen, even though I don't like the accuracy, but when it comes to fantasy football, things like accuracy don't really matter. It's more so the touchdowns, the receptions, and for Josh Allen's case, the the yards that he can get you with his feet. So in in terms, what about some? Sorry, in, no, in terms ahead. of like defense, uh, can can you like give us a breakdown on how like every position, uh, like let's say helps your team and, and yeah. who goes first and so on? Yeah, yeah. So good question, man. So when it comes to, to defense, there are some leagues that have, like, you, you know, you have to choose a linebacker, you have to choose a cornerback or some kind of, uh, you know, just DB. But in most uh, default leagues, you just choose one team. So, so you just choose the team to be your defense. So, okay. for example, you mentioned it earlier, German took, the, uh, you know, the, you know, like his 49ers, which isn't just a homer pick, but it's actually just a good pick because they're a good defense. Mm-hmm. So you get rewarded based on their tackles, based on their sacks, based, no, no, rather it's sacks, interceptions, 
um, if they scored on defense. So if they were able to get like a pick six, you get also points for that as well. Now there are leagues that actually have you draft individual defensive players. Those are called IDPs. Now those are usually for more like customizable leagues. Uh, but for most traditional leagues, you just pick a defense as well as a, a, a special teams. So like a few years ago when you had the Eagles who had Deshaun Jackson uh, for their punt returning, you would want the Eagles because of the fact that they had Deshaun Jackson uh, mm. returning punts or even had Darren Sproles a few years after that. Um, but, yeah, so that's how usually it, it breaks down when it comes to just how you approach the defense. Mm, okay. What are some sleepers heading into the – into the into this year's fantasy yeah sure and then uh, when it comes to sleepers too just for your listeners that's typically a player that is being overlooked that is being picked maybe between six rounds and beyond because usually your top four rounds are guys that you know are pretty talented so you have like for example in, in the third round you have guys like cooper cup available there you have odell beckham jr guys that bring some pretty good value on a weekly basis so a sleeper um, would be categorized as someone that you would pick late, but they give you production as if they're picked in the top three rounds or even top five rounds. So just to give you guys context, one of the players that I've been loving this season, and no, I'm a Philadelphia Eagles fan, so I, I get no joy saying this. I think a sleeper is the wide receiver two for Dallas, Michael Gallup. So he's going to be entering his third, rather, I think this was his second season. But the thing is, um, him and Amari Cooper, just to give you guys numbers real quick from last year. They, um, so here's the, here's the stats for Michael Gallup in fantasy football. He averaged 15.2 points per game. He had 4.7 receptions, 79.1 yards per game, compared to Amari Cooper's 15.4, so only 0.2 points up on him, with 4.9 receptions, again, only 0.2 up on Gallup, and he actually had less yardage at 74.3. So going into this draft right now in most leagues, you're seeing Amari Cooper going as wide receiver 10 and you're seeing Gallup going out as wide receiver 31, which is around the sixth, seventh round, considering Cooper's going in the third round. Now, based off that production and Dallas, and again, I get no pleasure saying this because I hate the Cowgirls with all my heart. They added CeeDee Lamb, Dak Prescott, as much as I don't like him, is a talented quarterback. So you give him now CeeDee Lamb, you have Amari Cooper still there, Gallup's going to, you know, just progress as a, as a player. I'm going to take Michael Gallup in the fifth round compared to Mario Cooper's going in the third, fourth, and, you know, actually Gallup's going in the sixth and seventh round. So I would much rather wait on that production and get more value there. So he's one of my sleepers. And then someone else I have as well is Preston Williams, wide receiver for the Dolphins. Now, if you guys follow the Dolphins, Devontae Parker was always someone that would always leave you like, okay, this is the year, this is the year. DeMarco, you know, he yeah. doesn't break out, and it never happened the first three years. So he always burned you up till last season. So now he blew up towards the, you know, from week nine up till the end of the season, he won basically people leagues. And, you know, one of our good friends, Howard, had him German, and he was wow. just blowing up. And, you know, Howard still ended the season pretty low. But Devontae <laughs> Parker was one of the shining lights on his roster. And yeah. Why I'm going with Preston Williams is because the hype of Devontae Parker has gotten to a point where I'm, you know, like a little uncomfortable. So we here once again with uh, with Preston Williams stats last season, he averaged 7.4 targets per game, 
That's 21% of the targets were going to him on a weekly basis from week one of the way up to week nine. And that's also with them having a bye. And he also, compared to Devontae Parker within those weeks, he had 59 targets compared to 50 for Parker. And his air yards were 843 compared to 692 to Parker. And again, everyone's talking about Parker, but Coach Coach Gailey, he loves to throw the ball, so it's very wide receiver friendly. And here's the ADP right now. And for those of you that don't know, um, ADP stands for average draft position. So, for example, Christian McCaffrey, who is the consensus number one, his ADP is number one. So, you know, so that's what that usually means. Devontae Parker right now is going as wide receiver 22. Preston Williams is going as wide receiver 61. So when it comes to sleepers, it's not that I don't like Devontae Parker or Amari Cooper. I just don't, I, I just don't prefer the price that they're going at when it comes to drafts. So I'll take Preston Williams in round 11 compared to, to Devontae Parker. It looks like fourth round, you know, draft price. So that's usually my, my two sleepers that I'm going into this season uh, for, for, uh, for the 2020-21 season uh, for, for this year. What about rookies? What rookies oh, should we be looking okay, at? You have Cam Akers, the local kid. You know, he's he's someone that's pretty exciting. And considering that Sean McVay excelled with Todd Gurley when he was healthy, I'm looking at Cam Akers a lot. Also, I don't know if you guys uh, read this, but the Buffalo Bills had announced that Devin Singletary, the rookie last year, has been having oh, a yeah. fumbles. And they're thinking the rookie that they invested in this year, Zach Moss, might be the number one guy if uh, that doesn't get resolved. So that – that was someone that I'm looking at as well. So Zach Moss. And then lastly, I swear to you, this is not a homer pick, but Jalen Rager out of the Philadelphia Eagles. He was someone that was high on as a rookie, considering that the Eagles just have a plague over there where everyone gets injured. But he also got the injury bug. Um, I think he had like torn his shoulder tackling someone in a scrimmage game during the summer, which makes absolutely no sense. Uh, but he's out now. Potentially could be there for week one. Uh, but being that, you know, you have Alshon Jeffrey injured and you have basically practice squad guys mm. at the receiving core. Um, I was looking at Jalen Rager as a rookie that can step in right away, but now that he's also dealing with the injury, but that may be somewhat of a question mark going into the season. So, so speaking of injuries, what players are injured now that you might want to pick thinking that they can get healthy in the sure, season? Yeah. Uh, yes, a great question, dude. So I would say, so like, for example, Jalen Rager, I mentioned in my league and I think in most leagues too considering now with COVID-19 um, some some leagues do have uh, what they call IR spots which is basically injury reserve so say if one of your players gets hurt you can put them in one or two of your IR slots because now you don't want to lose a roster spot because some guy's injured so I would go for Jalen Rager considering that the Eagles have shown that they get really hurt and Deshaun Jackson who is basically the number one guy now with Alshon Jeffrey who's also known as historically someone that gets hurt i would go for jalen rager because now you can get him late in your draft put him in your ir slot you don't lose a you know spot for him but you can get him dirt cheap now because of the you know the injury so that's someone who i'm looking at as well and someone else too is um david montgomery now if you guys don't know too much about this kid he came out hot last season someone that was drafted pretty high had a pretty disappointing year as the bears did as well but he's also coming into the year with some injury concerns but, you know, yeah. again, it comes to strategy. You want to see, okay, where can I get this guy right now in the draft? Can I put him in my IR slot, um, you know, and just, you know, uh, basically stash him. And then I didn't want to say it because, it's, you know, like as German's guy, but Devo Samuel, this guy I think is the real deal. But he also is. Yes, he is. 
And I didn't want to share with Jeremy because I don't want to tell him my strategy. But I'm looking at Debo Samuel. <laughs> He'll be back week one. Uh, All I'm, reports are he's coming back week one. Right. But, I mean, I would be concerned, though, with the injury because, you know, when it comes to these receivers, you want to make sure that they can cut, they can accelerate, considering yeah. that they do that so frequently. Uh, you know, and, you know, but uh, he is someone who I'm targeting, even though now his price is going down. But now that I'm telling German, I don't think he might go that late because he might take him before me. So, well, he's he's already been in, on my draft board. Another guy to look for, Brandon Ayuk. Oh, he's fast. Oh, he another Niner. Oh, wow. that's, that's so surprising, hey, man. I I'm just I'm just kidding, man. I'm just teasing. <laughs> what about um someone like Leonard Fournette? So he was just released. God no. Stay away. Would you would you touch him? Just head for open waters, man. You're <laughs> clear. Um, just because now you look like, well, now with the Buccaneers, it looks like it's Patriots 2.0 over there. That backfield is so crowded. They have Leonard Fournette. They have Ronald Jones the third, or the second or third. No, yeah, the third. And then yeah. you have um, LaShawn McCoy. Man, I think they got someone else back there I'm forgetting about. But there's just a loaded backfield. And also with Fournette, he's, even in Jacksonville, and it's crazy to me, guys, he went before Patrick Mahomes. Uh, with the fourth overall pick, which is absolutely nuts. And also Deshaun Watson. So I think that Jacksonville could have had him. And Mitchell Trubisky. Oh, Paul, yeah. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, the great Mitchell Trubisky. You know, he's right now fighting for his life versus (laughs) Nick Foles over there in Chicago. But And then you also throw in the fact that he's been so inefficient, being only the lone guy in Jacksonville. Now he's going into a crowded backfield. So I want no no shares of the Tampa Bay – backfield even though i think they'll be good in real life i don't think they'll be good in fantasy football though so i would i would head for open waters as, as i said earlier steer clear mm. who are some overrated guys um overrated okay cool yeah i have a couple guys i was doing my homework just to make sure and uh one of them i think we mentioned him earlier was stefan Diggs. so as you guys know he was in minnesota last year and that team was really especially with stefanski they're more of a run heavy offense uh, but yeah. Diggs, even though uh, with and, – and, and the thing is, last year they had some injuries. So they had Adam Thielen only play 10 games last year. And he um, actually put up some good numbers. He put up um, 1,191 yards for six touchdowns and 68 receptions. Uh, that's not bad, though. But the thing is, though, that's with Adam Thielen gone. Now he's going to an offense that's even more low volume when it comes to passing. Uh, they're also really low um, just with their efficiency. And with that, too – Josh Allen isn't really uh, too accurate. So uh, Diggs is someone that does really well with the deep ball, as we saw versus that wonderful game, uh, you know, which, you know, they're calling, what's that called now? The miracle in Minnesota? The Minnesota miracle. Yeah. Um, So he's so, he's so explosive down the field. Uh, Josh Allen has a big arm, but he doesn't have the accuracy for it. So I don't think he's going to do too well, even though people are treating him now as a star, considering that he's going to be the number one guy there. You still have John Brown. You still have, uh, Cole Beasley, who both had over 100 recep- no, rather targets last year. So I don't think there's going to be too many opportunities for him there. So I think he's a little bit overrated. And just to show you guys that I'm being impartial, I'm throwing my guy, Miles Sanders, in there as well. Check this out. Mm. So he right now is going late first round. Just to give you guys context, that's going in the area of Kenyon Drake, Aaron Jones, Josh Jacobs, Joe Mixon, guys that are for sure the clear number one guy. And I'm not saying that Miles Sanders isn't that number one talent. Only thing is, is, is that my coach 
Coach Peterson always runs by committee. So he had, um, you know, Jay Ajayi a few years ago be a trade, and he still went with the, with the committee approach. He had LeGarrette Blunt going into that season, but he had Darren Sproles there, and he had Corey Clement. So even though I love the talent for Miles Sanders, um, especially, you know, considering that he did so well, even last year, look, watch, I'll give you guys more stats. Uh, Boston Scott, who was someone that wasn't even on the actual squad, um, from uh, oh, week 14 through week 17, he was running back seven in fantasy football. And that's what Miles Sanders also playing. So that shows me that Coach Peterson isn't going to give it to just one guy. Could that change this year? Sure. But I'm just not buying it right now, especially when it comes to fantasy. You want to be as risk averse as possible. And I'm not taking Miles Sanders, even though he's my guy, um, which could, you know right now is going as RB8. And that cost seems a little bit too high. Though I think he's talented, I think it's a little bit overrated considering um, how Coach Peterson is as well as the scheme that he runs there in Philadelphia. Yeah, I think another guy, Mostert, who's, who's coming off a great yeah. – I don't want to say great season. He, he was great from week nine and on. Sure. But Kyle loves to run by committee. Yeah. Jared McKinnon is finally healthy, and he catches the ball where Mostert is not a great uh, – Sure. He's not good in the catching game. So he's another guy you could throw into your into the overrated pile. Well, yeah. I don't know if he's going to get used to as much as people think he's going to get used to yeah, get but, used this year. Right, right. But, you know, my only retort for that, German, and this is a good thing, too, for your player, is that um, he's not going as high, though, in drafts. So that's why I'm okay right. to take Mostert where he's going, which is usually fourth round, fifth round. And if he's my third guy and I already have two running backs, I'm cool with Mostert being there, considering that the upside – I just saw in the playoffs could be extremely high for him. Yeah. So besides, so you mentioned uh, David Montgomery, who I think t- took a turn in everyone's fantasy f- fantasy team last year. I yeah. think I picked him up like three times throughout the year <laughs> and dropped him right. on, on the, the two leagues I'm in. Yeah. Who, who are some other guys that, that you're looking to to have a bounce back year? Yeah, so I actually uh, mentioned him a little earlier, but I'm going to go with Adam Thielen. So um, he's going right now in the third and fourth round, and I think this guy has a huge blow-up year coming up, considering that now you have Diggs gone. You have uh, rookie Justin Jefferson covering his spot. And yeah, just to give you guys some numbers here, last season he only played 10 games, and but the two years prior to that, he was playing all 16 games. So you get someone that's going to – be out there basically almost every single game. And in those two seasons, uh, so watch here, I have right here, in 2018 from week one through week nine, he had 102 targets, 78 receptions. He ran 392 routes within those games. He was the number one wide receiver by 23 points in 2018. And he also put up that year 1,373 yards. The year prior, played full 16 games, 1276 and no this is the same offense the same scheme but now you have Diggs gone so now there's no fight with who's going to be getting targets and he also has the rapport already with Kirk Cousins so I think that Adam Thielen at his price right now he's going to go I think he's going to add some great value considering that they're still going to probably run the ball but he's going to be the main guy when it comes to catching passes from Kirk Cousins Who's coming back to life? Who's coming back to earth? I mean, that's yeah, I'm yes, coming back to life. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I wish it was Kobe. No, that's my guy. 
but down to earth, I'm going to have to go with Jared Cook. So just to give you guys some more numbers here, um, this dude put up nine touchdown passes, or rather caught nine touchdown passes. He put up a monster year in fantasy that no one really saw coming. But being that he's with the Saints and he has Drew Brees, you know, can one really be surprised? But he had nine touchdown passes. But between 2016 and 2018, he had nine touchdowns, he had nine touchdown passes alone. So he put up uh, big numbers in one season that he didn't do in three years prior. So I think he's going to come down because people have him going as a top tier, top, top two, top, no, rather tier two, tier three tight end. I would much rather go for like someone like a Mike Gusecki um, out of Miami, someone like a Hayden Hurst who's actually filling in now over there in Atlanta. They just um, are uh, replacing Austin Hooper, who's not one of the Browns. I would much rather take that value considering uh, what's been the most relatable thing that, that's going to, you know, really take place as opposed to nine touchdown passes when Kirk never really did that the years prior to that. Yeah. What teams do you think will be, will, will get a, a jolt of energy uh, due to uh, coaching, coaching changes? Oh man. Um, you know, what's funny, man. I would much rather prevent teams that are currently in transition and you know let me just give you the reason why we have no uh, real serious full like you know this past summer we didn't really get a full off season for these guys to yeah. for so there isn't much um opportunity for these teams to develop chemistry to, to develop rapport with you know uh, with one another even though you see you know so many great videos of guys that are working out separately so for example you see cam newton working out with all the guys over there in new england you have tom brady going over to um man Who's the offensive coordinator over there? Uh, Leftwich going over to his house, trying to get as much of the scheme done as possible. Um, so usually right now, because of this very interesting asterisk year that we're going to be going into, I wouldn't really um, go into much of a coaching change team just because mm. you don't know how the chemistry will be, being that they had a very uh, unique season to prepare, or rather unique offseason to prepare for this season. So that's my take on that right now. What about defense? Whose uh, defense would you go with? What's, what's the number one defense? Right. So the number one defense right now, it's Pittsburgh. They're going as a number one overall when it comes to defenses. And you're seeing also the 49ers are up there too, the top three defenses. Uh, but they usually go in like rounds eight or nine. I'm not going to – or no, rather, I'm not going to go that high considering that you can still wait six rounds to get yourself maybe the Bears or the Bills, who I like right now. So I've been doing mock drafts, and lately I've been getting the Bills – there at the 15th round, which is my second to last round. Um, or if I want to get a kicker there, I'll, you know, we'll get Harrison Bucker from the Kansas City Chiefs. But, yeah, usually the bills are where I'm going with right now as far as value and cost. But, yeah, you'll see some guys in most leagues take the Steelers at number nine, the Niners at number 10, and it's just not worth it for me, at least for my strategy. Any uh, specific sleepers when it comes to defense, like teams that are going to be surprising? Um, I want to go with Buffalo, man. I think that they got a little better this past offseason, but I also um, think – oh, crap, what was I going to think? Uh, I, I had a, a tip of my tongue. It wasn't Baltimore because they just lost Earl Thomas. Uh, but I, I think they're still going to be good, but I think that Kansas City has a pretty underrated defense considering that their offense is so explosive. Um, and I also uh, will go – and, again, I'm not being a homer. Uh, week one, I'll take Philadelphia because they're going to play um, Haskins week one and this guy was a turnover machine last year and I don't think they got much better so just looking at week one I'll take Philadelphia because they just announced too that Dwayne Haskins will be the starter so I'll take my chances going with Philadelphia week one and that's if I want to go the approach of just 
changing my defense every single week, streaming it, trying to see, okay, well, who's playing the worst team this week? Okay, then I'll take them, you know, if they're available. Yeah. Awesome. So any final, any final words, final thoughts to people playing fantasy? Uh, yeah, you know, the thing is, man, you can never over-prepare and you can never also be too emotionally invested. I mean, um, if, if you're invested in it, like emotionally, I think you're doing it right. Uh, so the best thing I'll do is just have fun with it. And, um, you know, I, I love this slogan from Phil Yates from ESPN. He says, trust the process, not the results. So say, for example, if, um, you know, I was to go with Devontae Parker week one and he puts up a complete dud for me and I didn't play Deshaun Jackson because he put up three touchdowns. I'm going to say, well, you know what? I'm going to trust my logic as to why I went with Devontae Parker over Deshaun Jackson. That may be a terrible example, but, um, you know, just a slogan of just go with the actual right. process as opposed to like, dang, my results suck. But just think about, okay, why did you make the decision that you make? And um, is it one that makes strategic sense? And just go with that. Awesome. And so as we and go to the, the fun part of the, of the, of the interview, sure. who's a player that you loved and now you hate because of fantasy? Oh, man. <laughs> uh, well, Devontae Parker is one of them because every single year, I, I swear to you, the articles are saying, oh, Devontae Parker, he's, he's the dude. He's, he's going late. He's going undrafted. Get him. I'm like, okay, cool. Let me get him. And he just put up a complete dud. Uh, Devin Funches also was someone I remember back in the day. There was oh, someone, so frustrating. Get this dude. He's going to be the guy. Um, and I don't know if Kareem Hunt is in this category because he's so good, but I drafted him with my first overall pick, kicks a girl in the face or whatever it was, and then I lose oh, yeah. for the year. I'm just like, I lose my number one guy over this dude being dumb. So um, I'm still drafting him, though, this season, considering that he's going, like, in the eighth round behind Nick Chubb because, um, you know, the, the minute that Nick Chubb goes down, Kareem Hunt's not the guy, so I'll take him. Right. Um, he, he did leave a sour taste in my mouth when it came to fantasy. So yeah, hopefully that answers your question. <laughs> so as we get into, uh, you're an all around sports fan. Yes. And so as baseball is, we're getting into September and October. Yes, sir. How are you feeling? What are your thoughts? Man. This is the uh, year. Yeah. I just, I hate the Astros dude. So I'm just like, <laughs> uh, just everyone ding a man, you know, Kelly's my guy now. I, I'm going to get a jersey <laughs> time in my room. Over here. <laughs> you guys are hats back there, so I don't know if I can get any kind of real estate. And as you can see, there are some pacifiers on my bed, so it's my wife and my daughter's room, not mine at all. I just, you know, rent this area over here to sleep. But uh, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm really afraid, man, this is the year. You know, Vince Cole just got his first Twitter account, so let's make it count for him, you know. Let's let him go crazy on social as the Dodgers win their, their long, elusive World Series. But, yeah, I feel pretty confident so far. I mean, uh, you know, Mookie Betts looks good. Um, so, we'll see how they do. Um, you're shaking your head there because he was once a Red Sox. But. I, 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 I've been watching – I think I've been watching all the, Dodger, all the Dodger games. And every time he does good, I just feel like someone's just, like, twisting a knife. And just, right, like, right. it's the worst. It's the worst. Right. I'm happy for Mookie. Hopefully he wins it. Yeah, man. And I'm, I'm just praying that Kershaw gets that postseason because I remember – just completely crucifying him after the 2017 performance. When in reality, we now know why they were hitting every single curveball <laughs> slot that he threw um, because they knew all the damn pitches that were going his way. So, 
when are the Dodgers gonna gonna release uh, an apology statement to you, Darvish, for what they did, for all the nasty things oh. that were said to him? Oh man, I don't know about that one though, because he he really <laughs> had a choke job, and uh, I mean, there's no way they cheated that one because they were playing at home. Because I, I thought about that one too, like man, were we hard on you, Darvish? Um, but he lost it at home, and but then again, we didn't do him much favors either. Our, our bats were cold as well, so. I don't know if I can ever want to issue him a warrant for an apology, but <laughs> so yeah, MLB prediction: Dodgers win the the World Series. Yeah, you know, my, uh, my hot take is they're gonna sweep every single series. So oh, we'll... <laughs> that's that's wishful thinking, man. But that's just me being over, just us being so close. I remember uh, the the Dodgers; they got Manny Ramirez. They were so fun to watch, and they came close a few times versus the Phillies and then that was always an obstacle and then after that you had the Cardinals and then now you had the the Astros and then you had the the Red Sox I was more upset with the with the Astros considering that I thought that was a series that we could win Boston was kind of a stretch considering how good that team was um but uh yeah it's gonna be a tough one man for sure but I'm just praying that this is the year dude 2020 please so as we go into the NBA Yes, sir. You love the Lakers. I do. Rockets, Lakers. Yeah, that's gonna be, uh, yeah, that'll be a very interesting series, man, because you have the Rockets who basically threw in their chips for small ball. They're not going to go with any large players whatsoever. P.J. Tucker, for love God, is going to be playing their five potentially. Um, so I think it's going to be a very stylistic series. We're going to be very intrigued with, okay, which coach is going to stick with their guns the most? And I don't think D'Antoni's going to nudge considering that they took, what, like 23 straight three-pointers in 2018 and just completely choked versus the, the Warriors. But I think it's going to be a very fun series, and I have some notes that I took for this, uh, for this segment. So um, the keys, I think, for the Lakers going into this series is going to be containing James Harden, which sounds easier to say than done, but I think the best way to contain him is make him play defense. So if LeBron mm-hmm. can do what he does – you know, just get him in some pick and rolls. Because if you guys remember, uh, versus the Clippers in March, he was just feasting off Lou Williams, just getting him in a pick. Okay, let, you know, uh, LeBron do his thing. Not to score, but to also see if, the you know, now the double team will collapse on him from to, you know, just dish off to, you know, to Anthony Davis. So I think uh, the best way to contain James Harden will be to get him in foul trouble because back in February, he was held to 14 points in the Laker victory versus the Rockets. But that was because he was in foul trouble. And uh, the games that they won, he averaged 36.5 points. So we can't let this guy get hot because he can put points up in bunches for sure. And then the last thing I have as well for this series is you want to capitalize on the turnovers. So the the Lakers were the number one – no, rather, I'm sorry. The Lakers forced the third most turnovers per per possession in the NBA this past season, and they have one of the best transition teams in the NBA. So if you can capitalize on Russell Westbrook being careless – and, uh, you know, put up some points that way. I think that'll definitely add a huge plus to the Lakers. I mean, I'm, you know, winning in six, considering that, um, you know, Westbrook is a little hurt, so I don't know how healthy he'll be. But I think the Lakers will be able to capitalize with that pedigree that you have with LeBron, you have AD. And um, I was a little bit worried about Bradley being, you know, gone for the bubble, but the Lakers were able to manage Damian Lillard and, and, and you know, you know um, what's his name, CJ McCollum. But now you have – basically the 2.0 version of that with James Harden and Westbrook. So we'll see how they do with that. Um, but it just depends on what style of uh, 
you know, what style of, uh, the, you know, it's basketball wins out. Right. What about you, Albert? Oh, um, I mean, I, I saw Harden last night play and he wouldn't, he couldn't shoot three at the end of the game. Um, he couldn't even go up into the, into the key to, to score. So, you know, I think when it comes down to the playoffs, you know, he, he has a hard time scoring. Mm -hmm. So um, I think the Laker defense is definitely going to be able to, to hold him back and he's not going to be able to put up the points that he normally does, you know, during the regular season. So I, I'm going to go with five. Lakers in five. Wow. I dig it. Yeah, I, I, I think the Denver would have been a bigger challenge um, because of their height, you know. Um, mm -hmm. But even they couldn't play last night. So I, I, I was just surprising, surprised to, to see how they were playing. They, they couldn't even – they were just shooting, selling for threes. They couldn't go inside. So, right. yeah, should be interesting. Yeah. Ed? Um. I agree with uh, Ivan. I think in six, but yeah, I think I think that their focus has to be play play defense, not only good defense but disciplined defense, especially with uh, James Harden the way he he can draw fouls and it's it's super frustrating, slows down the game, but that's that's the way he plays and you have to take that into account. Right. But also. Uh, AD needs to really capitalize on the offensive end. Mm -hmm. uh, he obviously has to play defense, but on the offensive end, I, I don't really see who can guard him or LeBron. So I think it's going to be a really, really tough task. And, I mean, just objectively speaking, if, if I have LeBron and AD somewhat going, that's better than, than having just, just uh, Harden going off. So, because he can score his 60, that's fine. Mm -hmm. But if we have LeBron and AD, just give me 25. Let's go. <laughs> if, if they figure it out early, I, th I think after the, the first game, uh, I, I can see why Albert would, would pick him in five. But as of now, I think, I think six. Yeah. Right. Yeah, this series to me is very similar to the Portland one. And yeah. I think that the matchups are very similar, except they don't have a, a Nurkic type. Sure. And I think AD is the key to all this. If AD goes in there and he's passive and he just wants to shoot jump shots, then I can see it go six. I think Lakers in five because AD historically is just a really good player in the, in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. And he puts up monster numbers, and I think he's going to look at P.J. Tucker – and just just grab 20 rebounds. And I think that should be his mindset. Right. Frank Vogel and his his ability to, to to run the defense has been spectacular this year. And I think the defense will be enough not to slow down James Harden because he's one of the best players in basketball, so that doesn't exist. Right. But just to make him work, to, to, to just make him – just work on offense and on defense. The key is going to be the discipline when contesting shots. Right. Uh, Harden loves to jump into you. So jumping straight up, not jumping at him when he's shooting threes is going to be the key um, because that's how they get going. They get going with, with, with just silly fouls that, that you make. Right. And I think if the Lakers can stay 
can stay grounded and just keep on the momentum from the, the last games, uh, I think, from last series, I think the Lakers should win this in, in five. Nice. And, and, so, and so now the, the last one we want to do, uh, Lakers, uh, Clippers, uh, Nuggets, and the Clippers are about to take game one. Yeah, blowout. So, yeah, so I think Clippers are going to do this in, in five. Mm. I think Jamal Murray may, may go off again. I think they just have too many guys that they can put on him and right. make it difficult on himself. Um, Jokic would have to be the, the X factor in this, the same way Murray was in, against Utah. But I think the Clippers just have too much, too many bodies to throw at those guys. I think Clippers and in five when we get Lakers Clippers Western Conference Finals, which is what we all want. What do you guys think about about this series? Uh, I, yeah. I agree. Also. I think five. I think I think in five. Um, uh, yeah, I just don't. I don't see how it can. How the Nuggets will will make it click on honestly i mean i i was watching the game and and uh jokic was he, he was playing well you can tell he, he has he has a lot to work with he has so much talent he's yeah, he arguably one, one of the best big men in all the nba but he needs help <laughs> the clippers Absolutely. Got it at every position. They get, they have help in every position, and and it can be really frustrating. And they can take you out of games just because you're like, oh, I I was guarding this guy, now I got to guard Lou, and then Lou drops twenty, and then it's like you have to be really really disciplined. You you have to have a a, a good communicator with, within the huddle that yeah. that kind of gets you gets you in that mentality. So uh, yeah, I, I agree. Five. Five, um, sorry, Clippers. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Ivan? Cool. So, yeah, I didn't want to interrupt. But, yeah, <laughs> so um, I actually read this article today by uh, The Athletic. It was from The Athletic. Javon uh, Boog, because the thing is, I thought that, uh, you know, with, with Jokic, he's going to be the X Factor. Uh, but they had this uh, stat that said here that on in the season matchup versus the Clippers – Denver logged a minus 14.3 net rating with when Ibiza Zubak was guarding Jokic. And when Zubak was off the court, the Nuggets uh, were uh, plus 30.5. So mm. that's a huge wow. discrepancy. And it's crazy to think that um, Zubac can, you know, really neutralize uh, Jokic because just like you said, Ed, Jokic is absolutely phenomenal. Great post player can pass so well for a big man can shoot the three so well. Mm -hmm. No, this is a small sample size and things do get a little bit more intense in the postseason. Um, so one of the key factors that I also had too was which PG are we going to be getting? Because even though he has his struggles in the three matchups that he had versus the Clippers with Kawhi Leonard, they both averaged fifty point five points a game, eight rebounds, and seven assists. And they also shot 50% from the field, which is absolutely efficient. So yeah. if Paul George can show that same kind of efficiency within this series, I think that it's more so the Clippers will lose this series as opposed to the Nuggets winning it. So I currently mm -hmm. have the Clippers in six. I don't think that uh, – uh, I mean, I think Jamal Murray is going to pick up and still be hot. Uh, but the only thing that, you know, that worries me is that, that you know, that, that the Clippers are such a prolific offense, just as you guys touched upon. I mean, and the average – what. Um, 
116.3 points a game. They rank you know, fourth in the NBA in scoring, sixth in the three-point shooting. And I really don't see Denver being able to really negate any of that, considering that they still don't have some of their best defenders there. Uh, you know, Will Barton, he's not there anymore right now because of the bubble. You know, you know, well, I think he got hurt. Uh, but then from there, um, it's going to be really, really hard for me to see them really disrupting at the Clippers, which is, you know, which is, I think is one of the greatest strengths, even when we're looking um, when they get matched up with any team like the Lakers or even the Bucks or in, any other contender, um, it's going to be that they have depth compared to those teams. So I think it's going to be really hard, even though I would love to see the Nuggets pull the upset. I think it's going to be the Clippers in six. And if they do lose, it'll be more so a, a choke job, which I don't see with Kawhi there leading the way with the Clippers. Yeah. Yeah. I was actually, I mean, I, I had him in six, but after tonight, <laughs> I think it might be five, but sure. I was just going to go with, with their size, you know, uh, yeah. they're, they're, they're a taller team, they're, you know, bigger. And I was just thinking that was going to be an issue for the Clippers, but I guess we'll have to see, you know, um, the rebounds, they didn't do so hot tonight. Uh, sure. Nuggets did. So that plays, that plays a role. Yeah. So, but you know what, to your point though, I did see the Nuggets getting blown out, you know, this game, considering they had a seven game series um, just what, two days ago that just ended. And now they're just playing right away. So I kind of saw, you know, like some heavy legs there. Yeah. So, okay, it's not surprising that they're seeing such a – because it was pretty close in the first quarter. And then second quarter is when the Clippers got their mojo going. They're up by 10 last I checked. And then now they're – I saw the score. I'm like, oh, wow. They're getting blown out. <laughs> yeah. And then your boy Patrick Beverly, German, he, he's uh, going off. I kidding. can't stand him. Same here, man. <laughs> Same here. And you know what's funny? I had a rant with uh, with Eddie on Christmas Day. I was so mad that LeBron let that guy punk him, dude. Oh like, yes, yeah. Just oh, and then the, at the end of the game. Yeah, man. But you know, he did his thing though in March when they got their vengeance. But it's just for me, it's still like a regular season game, so I can't get too excited. As a Clipper, yeah. you know, as a Lakers fan, you get can't you know you you can't get too hyped over those games. Right. It's all rings or nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So as we go into the NFL season, give us your prediction for the Super Bowl, which is very early, I know. Sure. And it's going to change, maybe, but <laughs> you're right. What's your prediction, uh, early yeah. prediction? I don't feel good about saying this, though, man. I think that the Cowboys are, are, are going to make some noise this season um, yep. just because that offense is so legit, man. I'm a believer in it. But then um, I can also see the Packers making some noise because everyone is counting out Aaron Rodgers. And as Stephen A says, that's a bad man. And, um, I mean, I know they didn't really add much as far as uh, wide receiver depth for him, and they got a quarterback pretty early. But um, I, I think Aaron Rodgers is, is going to play with a chip on his shoulder, and I can see him just going off. I mean, they were 12-4 and four last year, guys. Um, and they, they added uh, the kid. I forgot his name. The, they had the running back, Dylan or uh, Dillard. Uh, no, no, Dillard. A.J. Dillon, sorry. Yeah, they added him really high in the draft. So um, I think, I think they're going to look pretty solid, uh, but Super Bowl, I, it's going to be hard to count out Kansas city, man. I mean, I love my home so much. So I'm going to say Kansas city and uh, I, I'm going to go with new Orleans because I, I would love to see Drew B's just end on a, you know, absolute high note. And uh, what an amazing show that'll be, you know, Patrick Mahomes versus Drew B will be something special. Yeah. So you got the saints winning it all. The Saints winning it all. They were so close last year, so close the year before. I mean, I'm, I'm actually relieved that, that uh, we didn't play them in 2018. We got Minnesota, which was my, my good buddy's team, Daniel, and we yeah. blew them out, so I felt <laughs> good. So, 
Shout out to Daniel. He's had a he's had a rough right rough, uh, just fan experience in football. Right. But you know what? To uh, to his credit, he he does have the number one pick in our fantasy draft. He does uh, this Monday, so it should be fun. Yeah, should be good. What do you guys usually do? Uh, I mean, you guys are you going to hold a virtual draft this time, right? Yeah. So I I mean I'm pro uh, meeting physically in person. That's not to be controversial, but being that's going to be twelve guys at most, I figured we can do social distancing at a pretty, you know, respectful level. So I was all for getting together with some wings and some food. And that's typically what we do every single year. But, we're, you know, we're going to do it virtual, which hopefully will be as engaging. But, um, yeah, typically we do some food. And one of my leagues, I remember we were doing, uh, we would just, uh, it was 10 push-ups if a guy had picked a player that was already picked. So it's pretty <laughs> fun to do But, you know, the thing is, it's not like in the past, you have just a, you know, physical board so it's not like you can see okay who's off it's on you to you know cross off who's been off so usually doing things like that are, are pretty fun and this year i was hoping to do some kind of trophy uh, uh you know at the presentation and um i did also have a punishment for the worst player in the league which you had to wear a hat that said i suck at fantasy football during the draft and <laughs> had to be a photo of him wearing the hat as his profile picture for the season that's pretty cool so still implement this year for for danny one of our guys in the league who ended up losing in the, uh, the in the loser bracket um, of the of the playoffs? Nice, nice. So, with that, it's been an honor to have you on, Ivan. No, it's an honor to be here, guys. You guys have been doing so awesome. Love your guys's uh, the podcast. Keep it going. You guys do such a good job of covering as many bases as possible. And the cherry on top was the nerd stuff, man. And you guys got me with Batman. So <laughs> I, I'm not only subscribing, but I'm also downloading and listening. So Awesome. Thank you. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you. Best wishes to you guys. Um, you know, just blessings and love as you guys embark on this new journey. Thank, Thank you. you, Ivan. Thank you. And so listen to Ivan. Pay attention to what he just said. And do the same. Follow us. Review. Subscribe. Uh, five stars. Five stars. The whole thing. Ivan, thank you so much. Love you, brother. Uh, I'll see you uh, Monday for our yes, draft. Sir. And worst of luck to you this year. Uh, <laughs> thank on our list. thank to you, my friend. You're <laughs> not dead, as you can see in this conversation. <laughs> I love us. All right. So we'll see you later. And uh, we, we, we can't wait to have you again. Yes, sir. Albert, Ed, thank you so much for having me on, guys. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Nice meeting you. Yes, sir. Likewise. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed that interview uh, with Ivan. Uh, as you guys can see, he's a he's very informative and and he's a he's a very bright guy when it comes to sports and especially the fantasy league. So if you guys want to keep up with it and get some uh, some nice uh, tips, we'll follow him on Instagram and listen to the show. Uh, well, for for today's. Uh, Final thought: We have we had this this incident happen uh, last week with uh, Nancy Nancy Pelosi. Uh, so, in this incident, she she went to, she went to the salon. She got her hair done, and uh, at at the time, uh, s- salons are supposed to be closed, right. and. And she said that she was set up and 
bunch of nonsense <laughs> and it was like it, it was it was honestly comical but i it, it got us thinking and, and we were talking about how uh how, how sometimes our our leaders and especially in government they 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 say one thing and and they mean another so uh so in this instance uh, N- nancy she she had been going a, a few times actually so yeah. she, her defense was that that she said that they could take one person at a time and uh i mean be, being a leader and such high rank she should know that in california most people aren't allowed when i say most people i say because a lot of people don't listen to the to the regulations but uh be, being in that level uh, she should be listening to the regulations and and as soon as she does get caught she should issue an apology which yeah. is quite the contrary to what she did so maybe you guys have any thoughts on that or yeah i think it's important to remember and we've said this on our pod that whenever it comes to politicians they are they have an agenda and so whatever it is that they promote whatever it is that they say it's not always they're not always doing it but i think it's a good remi- i think it's it, it shows a bigger picture of of what goes on with anybody in authority not just politicians but you see it with uh, police officers you see it with our bosses you see it with parents and and even just from our standpoint of the faith but you see it in churches where People say, hey, don't do that. People that have the power and authority say, don't do that, don't do that. But therefore, but they, but yet they still go and do it. And I think it's important for us to, when it comes to the Nancy Pelosi thing, uh, to demand better. And we demand better by voting better people. And it goes back to what we said in a previous pod. Do your knowledge before you vote for somebody. Don't just vote for them because of what you hear or what your grandma or your uncle or your, your, your pastor told you about them. Do your own research and truly know who you're voting for and who you're supporting. And if you are somebody who has authority over people, make sure you understand that you're called to, to lead not just by your words but by example. That if you're calling somebody to, to do this or do that, that you're doing it, that there is no, they're not, there isn't any, you're not cutting corners, you're not going around, because then you you look foolish and and you either have to apologize or like Nancy Pelosi, you get on defensive and yell that, oh I've been set up and this that and the other, and so it's important to 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 know that it's important to understand that. Yeah, I mean I. Let's not forget who she is. She is uh, actually third in line to be president. Right. Um, if something were happened to the, the, our president, the vice yeah. president, she would be the third one to take that that uh, that spot. So for her not to know the situation, I mean, uh, if anything, she should set an example. And um, I think she set herself up. If anything, of course, you know and. You know, how you do one thing is how you do everything. You know, people say, make that statement sometimes. And I believe that this is not the first time, you know, she's done something like this. Yeah. And and, and it's, it's shameful. It's shameful, you know, for, you know, I saw the interview that the, the owner of the of, of the salon had to, 
had and, and she said, hey, you know, we're just trying to, to earn a living here. And you have this lady that walks in here, says something else, but walks in here. And because of her, people like her, we can't earn a living. You yeah. know, we can't pay for rent. We're, we're stressed out. We're worried. And it's a shame that so, so that that's the case. So I, I don't totally understand the salon owner doing what she did, video re, video recording this. And I'm happy that it, it got exposed. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it, it also, and even on top of that, there's another layer where people will still turn a blind eye and say, oh, no, 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 but but this. And it's like, if, if you can't hold people accountable, then you're you're part of the problem. Right. Like if if you can't separate that, not only because not just because she has political leanings that that you're interested in or 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 you identify with, that doesn't mean that she can't be held accountable. Right. So I I think that that's very that's that's very important, and you you also see it with uh with Portland's uh, mayor Ted Wheeler. What uh, a clown, huh? Yeah, so he, he was even at, at the protest, you know, cheering everyone on, and <laughs> the crowd turned on him, and they even almost burned down his apartment. He had to leave, step down. Yeah. Like, it, it's, it, it's, it's honestly, it's, it's frustrating because a lot of people say, no, no, they're, they're, they're protesting peacefully. Are they? Some are. <laughs> yeah. But... The people that aren't, we still have to also separate things and say, okay, well, the, the, the mob, they don't care if you're left wing, right wing. They'll burn your house down if it's in the way. Right. So th- there's countless examples of this, uh, I, but, but I think that, that more than anything, it, it's a call for us, for us to, to acknowledge that, that there's truth and, and, and there's, a, there's people... Uh, Dressing up is truth, mm-hmm. and we need to decipher that and say, well, maybe we should see what they're doing as opposed to what they're saying. Yeah, yeah, and I and even making it, you know, bringing it into into uh, into the the biblical sphere. I, I tell I tell my church this all the time. If if you get tricked, if somebody fools you with a with a false doctrine. It's not the preacher's fault. It's your fault. If I step behind the, the pulpit and I bring a false doctrine one day, you can't blame me for that. You blame yourself because you didn't have your Bible open and you weren't willing to check me on that. And I think so many things in this country is blamed on somebody else. Well, this happened because of this, or I didn't get this because of this where we have to begin to take ownership of ourselves first so that then we can not excuse or justify somebody's behavior, but learn to keep someone accountable. And the way you learn to keep someone accountable is by you yourself keeping yourself checked and in line to what is right and to what you need to do. And in terms of Nancy Pelosi, uh, and in terms of all of these, all of these people who have talked about you know covid and all that and why there's so why it's becomes a political issue where it shouldn't never been a political issue should have been an issue about of science it's because of people like um 
Fauci, because of Pelosi, who will say one thing and then turn around and do the complete opposite. So which one is it? So it makes you doubt. It makes you think, well, it, it must be a hoax if you're doing it. Because you're telling me one thing, but you're doing another. and But it, it, it starts with the individual. You have to be willing to, to understand what the truth is, accept the truth, and not call something fake, which our country is not so used to it because of our president. To call fake what isn't fake just because it doesn't fit your narrative. And both, the right and the left, mm-hmm. are, are guilty of it. Our our president has has called fake things that are true, and you're just like, no, that isn't fake news. That is real news. What and, and but it starts with the with the person. Starts with the individual, and that's true in in the social aspect of what we're talking about politically, and also in in for those of you that are are believers, uh, it starts with you too. If you're listening to Joel Stein, for example. <laughs> And if you like Joel Stein, sorry to burst your bubble. Or if you listen to, to guys like that. Stephen Furtick. Yeah. If you listen to guys like that. And then you wonder, man, why does my doctrine suck? Todd White. Well, I'll tell you why your doctrine sucks. Look who you're listening to. I'll, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why you, you think Jesus should work this way, but he works another way. Keep yourself accountable. And we'll learn to keep the Pelosi's of the world accountable, yeah. too. I, I think also in the, at the... In addition to the individual level, I think when 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 you when you start excusing people or you start just seeing things through thing, things through the through your own perspective and throw truth out at, at, at the at the door, I think you, you become disposable in in, mm. in any aspect. I, yeah. I think even even in in the church, if mm-hmm. if you're just seeing things the way you want to see them, mm. then you you're you're not helping yourself. Right. You're not helping the congregation. Yeah. And like I said, you're, you're disposable. Also, in politics, the sa- same way. If you're just going to listen to people who who, who uh, dress things up the way you think things should be, keyword being think, <laughs> and not the truth, right? then you are also disposable as a, as a voter. You, you're, you're irrelevant. Yeah. Maybe at that moment you mean something, but you're being like-minded. Right. And there's... No benefit in that. No, not at all. All right, with that, that wraps up the show. Um, Unless you guys have anything else. Uh, One more thing. Messi decided to stay. Mm. You want to know details on that? Go go check out our Instagram page. Just a little sneak peek. He didn't stay because he wanted to. Yeah, German did a great video on that. So check it out. All right, guys. Well, thanks for joining us. And please don't forget to... Follow us on Instagram. Um, give us a rating on uh, Apple Podcasts and follow us on Spotify. Five stars, five stars. You guys have a great evening. Free Canelo. <laughs>